which is a perfect situation. And, and it's we're a, live. Yeah, and what? And it's a UFC. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about UFC uh, Fight Companion podcast. They're so ridiculously fun. Yeah, I was They're say- more fun than doing it live. Yeah. And what I was saying is what makes them super crazy special for me, I look forward to them so much, is it's not just the best possible podcast situation, the most fun, the funnest shit. We could talk about anything. We could talk about gay shit. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We could do anything. Yeah. We could talk about sucking dick. We could talk we about could totally shit, talk about and it. we can get away with it. Uh-huh. And uh, people starting to get sick of it though, so we should probably pull back. I don't no. Or give them more dick. Give no, them more. They, they give them more. I don't give a fuck. People are getting pissed. Listen, some people are getting pissed. Those people you can't worry about. <laughs> but the coolest thing, well, not the coolest thing, but what makes it extra cool is it's the best possible podcast situation. Period. Yeah. Uh, and there's a UFC going on at the same fucking time. And we're it's all having overload. fun. Overload. It's like you can't take it. It's like you, we're doing a podcast, the funnest shit ever, while the greatest show that's ever been invented yeah. is on at the same time. It's a combination of those things. <laughs> and if the fight gets boring, if like for whatever reason it's stagnant, we just start talking about fucking owls. <laughs> <laughs> you ever seen an owl stick? <laughs> but if people get upset about us talking about dicks, look. That's just where the conversation goes sometimes. Don't worry about that. We're trying the best we can to be entertaining. Yes. That's all we're trying. It's, yes. it, there's going to be some slip-ups. If you, if you feel like we're getting too much dick in there, you're allowed to express yourself. I we, might have a, we might have a pretty strong gay following now. I hope we do. do. I hope we do. We probably do. I hope we do. We're making them feel comfortable. I hope they do feel comfortable. I'm just keeping it real. I see a guy like Alan Jabon, I just keep it real. He's a beautiful man. God but damn even it. more important than that, who gives a fuck? You know, this is the the thing like it, it, that it's even remotely controversial that we would have a gay following. We probably have a following of Irish people too. You know what I mean? Who cares? Who gives a fuck? Speaking We've, of the Irish. Speaking of the Irish. <laughs> I've got them right here. Oh man. Hey, listen man. This guy has balls. This is why I respect the fuck out of Conor McGregor. Not just cuz he's an awesome fighter and yeah, he lost to Nate Diaz, who's also an awesome fighter, but who the fuck will fight anybody? Who who will just jump up the last guy class. was BJ. Yeah. The la- BJ yeah. tried it. Yeah. And you know what? Even though uh, BJ didn't, he had success once, at least at 170. He beat Matt Hughes. But yeah. a- at the end of the day, there's a really good reason why all elite boxers, wrestlers, fighters, weight cutting is so massively important to virtually everybody. There are some crazy people out there like Anthony Johnson. That's the exception. But generally, there's a really good reason most people are torturing themselves to get as light as possible because at the elite level, five pounds makes a big fucking difference. It makes a big difference. Just five pounds. And then 10 pounds, 10 pound different, elite level. Man, even the best guys aren't going up and weight. Look at Hoffa Mendez. Mm -hmm. No doubt. Probably pound for pound the best guy in jiu-jitsu. Probably him and Marcelo, Jean-Jacques, they're all up there. Bam, pound for pound. There's so many good guys now. Jesus, it's incredible now. You know what I mean? Uh, You know, even Marcelo. No one's trying to go up in weight. No one's trying to go. Let me, this year, I'm going to try the weight category above me. No, everybody's on the craziest diet. They need three months. They get serious about it. They're on Instagram posting their fucking broccoli every day. (laughs) The chicken. And fucking selfies of their their abs and shit. 
You know, they're killing themselves because not because it feels good. It feels like shit. They all love eating. It me. It's so important. Uh, So everybody knows you just can't go up in goddamn weight. BJ was BJ was the one that said fuck it. He went up to light heavyweight and shit. BJ Machida. BJ is five foot eight. No, it wasn't even light heavyweight, bro. It was heavyweight because Leota Machida was like two oh eight. Okay, okay. I think I think that fight was like technically a heavyweight fight. Find that out. But wait, you Leoto know what? If Machida it's that versus BJ just, Penn. That's, I'm a, that's sure an out of shape Machida. You know what I mean? He was fat for you sure. Know I mean? That's out of shape. Did you ever see when he used to fight? Like kickboxing? Yeah, he karate? was kind of chubby. He was fat. Yeah, his first UFC fight. Yeah, or that's his not first... the, that's not his real weight. His real no. weight is 205, 185. Well, 185. Yeah. So, uh, but BJ did it. And I always admired him. I, I oh, to me, animal. to me, I looked. I'll always look at BJ yeah. as a living legend. Yeah, the guy didn't. He's not undefeated, and he got his ass beat a few times. Who gives a fuck? Look what BJ did. He had the balls to step up, and really, he was a forty-fiver just well, like B, just no, like Connor. There's no the reason, whole time he was yeah. a four. And in jujitsu, he was a forty-fiver. Yeah. He was always a forty-fiver, fighting at fifty-five, fought at one seventy. Nobody else was doing it. And you know, Connor, here he comes. Connor, this guy, uh, um, he has so much power in his hands. I, he had that courage to think he could. Uh, finish what BJ started, you know, let me go up there and do that, do what BJ did, but, you know, he felt like he could fucking knock anybody out. He really, really believed he could fucking, he, if he lands, you're going down, and you know what? He was doing great against Nate Diaz. I, my, this is my, this is my, this is how I found out. Okay. I'm watch, I'm at a, I'm at this party, Slammy's yeah. house, and uh, we're, I didn't realize we were behind by a minute and a half. Oh, I thought we recording? were live. Oh. I thought we were live, but we were behind by a minute and a half. Everyone's going nuts. I'm watching, going, oh shit, Lizzie Borden is sitting next to me, my childhood idol. He's one of my greatest uh, favorite lead singers of all time. He's sitting next to me and we're watching. Everyone's going nuts. It looks like Connor's. To me, I was like, Connor's going to win this thing, man. He was lighting Nate up, cutting them all up. He was connecting. He looked really confident. Like, Connor looked calm that whole first yeah. round. I was going, it's. It's, uh, it, it was over in the first or second? Second. It was a second. So in that round, I get a call from Joey. Oh, Joey's no. like, oh, you know how much I won. You know how much I, I told you. I told you you never bet against Diaz. I go, what are you talking about? I thought I was watching. I, are you talking about the Misha fight? He goes, no, motherfucker. He got choked. I go, who got choked out? Uh, Holly Holm got choked out? I'm watching the Dayton Diaz. No, motherfucker. What fight are you watching right now? I go, I'm watching the, the Connor fight. As it's going on, he goes, he choked him fucking out. I'm like, dude, fuck. And he goes, bye. Boom. He realized he fucked up. And I'm like, and I knew that Diaz was going to win a minute before it happened. Did you pause it to pee or something? We were at a party and it was just behind. Someone rewound shit. You know when you rewind shit, you want to see something again and you didn't fast forward it. So we we thought it was live. So Joey Joey called me hysterical and he gave it away. And then once he realized he gave it away, he hung up and goes, oh shit, bye. (laughs) And I said, oh shit, bye. You just fucked up the greatest fight ever. But the fight was so crazy and so fucking insane that even though I knew even though I knew I go okay somehow Nate is gonna take him down and choke him out but it doesn't look good right here I'm like how is he gonna take Connor down that's not gonna be easy fuck he's gonna pull this off how is he gonna do it I had no idea that Nate I Nate 
hurts Connor. Connor takes him down. You know, that's how it went down. The place I was at was going fucking nuts. Everybody was screaming at the top of their fucking lungs. Everyone was, ah! And then when he choked him out, dude, I'd never been in a party where everyone was going so crazy before, dude. Everybody was losing their fucking mind. I was too. Should have been at the UFC. Holy Live. shit balls. Live. Everybody was going crazy. Oh we my Jumped God. up and screamed. I almost had a... I never screamed so loud in my motherfucking yeah. life at any fight ever. Dude. That was fucking was shocking. It was it's insane. Fu- it looked like Con- Connor was just had his hands down. He goes, I got this motherfucker. Yep. He was landing. He was tagging him. It looked like you hurt him a couple times. He definitely you know, tagged him. A few you know times. what I mean? It looked. He, he was. I thought it was. It was over for Nate. I really did. And when he turned it around, and the way it finished, and and when he put that fucking rear naked choke in, he put that motherfucker in like a super ninja. The the way. First of all, the way he mounted. If you don't do jujitsu, you would never know. The way he fucking mounted. And his balance, you could see the balance, you could see the beauty in that mount, and the way he was riding him like a professional fucking, a champion rodeo fucking rider. All his balance is all beautiful. Mm -hmm. And then when he took his back, the way he put that fucking hook in, there was, it was so efficient. There wasn't no hiccup where he hit the, you know, uh, this jaw, and then he had to set up, and then he had to feel, it just went... It was fucking insanity. Real black belt it was shit. so perfect and so fucking like that technique was about as flawless and as beautiful as you can get. Yeah, that was t- two big points was that we had never seen Connor face adversity and we had never seen him on the ground with a real Brazilian Jiu Jitsu black belt like Nate. Nate's got a nasty ground game, man. His ground no, game you know is what? tight as fuck. But, but I, I, people are talking a lot of shit on Connor's jiu-jitsu. I know Connor's jiu-jitsu is good. He's come to my school. That guy's good just because he got mounted well, and choked down. Yeah, he was already yeah. hurt. But even if he wasn't hurt, I get mounted by my purple belt sometimes, and I get my back. To, there's some shit going on and add punches and fucking all this hype. Right. Just because he got mounted and got his back taken does not mean Connor's jiu-jitsu sucks. Don't get it twisted. He was a little hurt. Nate Diaz is really it's, good. It's that Nate Diaz, Nate Diaz is, really, is good. really, really good. You know what I mean? Like, Nate Diaz could probably do that to me. Doesn't mean I suck. Yeah. You know what I mean? He could probably get my back. Doesn't mean I suck. I'm all right. You yeah. know, so. Well, he got hurt. I mean, it's real simple. When you yeah. get tagged the way he got tagged, and you're trying to take Nate Diaz down, he got hurt. He probably had no idea what the fuck he was doing. You know, yeah. I haven't had an MMA fight, but Shaw was telling me about when Travis Brown hit him. And that he's like, dude, I know how to get out of the mound. But when Travis hit me, he's like, I didn't know what I was doing. It was I was out of it. I think that we, of unless course. you get punched in the face, yeah, you, you can't judge his jujitsu. Fuck you, well, no. you're, you're, it's like judging his walking yeah. if you get head kicked. Connor's you know? jujitsu is good. Nate Diaz's jujitsu is just way better. You know what I'm saying? If if somebody, that's all it is. Somebody punches you in the face and then you walk funny. Like, man, you need to work on your walking. No, <laughs> just punch they got memes face. of Connor like in like in uh, in like a kid's jiu jitsu class, and they put his face. Like that. That's one that's going around. I think that's got hurt. You know what? He's hurt. He is good. Trust me. Very good. Connor's jiu jitsu is very very well, his good. Trust me. He's not a joke. Especially in that first yeah. round was nasty. Stand up like very good. He's yeah. just uh, look. First of all, he's Nate fearless. Diaz, Nate Diaz is not a real one seventy. Although he did fight one seventy twice. 
He fought uh, Stun Gun Kim, and he fought uh, Rory, Rory McDonald. Remember that? Fought those guys at 170. So he did have two fights at 170, but he's a 155er. But he's a big 155er. He's big and long. I don't know if he could ever make 145. I just don't think he could do it. Connor barely can do it. You know, Connor barely can do it. When you see Connor at the weigh-ins, I mean, those photos from the weigh-ins are pretty legendary. I think it's insane that we do this, that we let these guys dehydrate themselves like that. I think whatever Nate walks around at, that's what he should fight at. And I don't know if Connor really walks around at 168, which what he weighed in, and Nate weighed 169. They're only one pound different. And Nate, you know, Nate had some body fat on him because he wasn't he wasn't preparing for this at all. I think Connor. I think Connor could make some noise at 155. Shrink that up For so sure. we can see the two of those together. Can we do that? Look at look at the difference between how he weighed in before and how he weighed in this time. I mean, my God, he looks like he has some fucking crazy disease that like won't let food absorb in his body on the top one. You know, like he's got some crazy illness. And then on the bottom, he looks great, full faced. But. You know, if he can make 145, he's going to continue to do it. Do you think it's an Especially accident now. that the ring card girls are, like, sitting right there? Is that an accident? It's perfect for the pictures, right? Oh, they, that's why it's they like stand there. Ultimate man. It's yeah. to balance out the dude in underwear. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like you got to put chicks in there somewhere. Uh, that's exactly <laughs> gotta keep they it real. It. That's That's funny. That's funny. That's but exactly. I, I think he could completely dominate continue to dominate the 145 division and i think he could make a lot of epic fights at 155 five went beat some big names but then lose to some other big names like he'll be one of the top guys at 55 i don't know if he'll just clean house like he did at 45 but i believe if he stayed at 55 he would do some serious damage he's a bad motherfucker dude yeah he's a bad yeah, motherfucker. and the shit he's saying after the fight that's perfect. all the perfect shit Perfect shit. I love what he's doing. You know what? I love how yeah. he's handling it. Yeah. I think he handled it, his loss better than anybody oh, ever, ever. Dude, he, he said, said all the right humble shit. Humble in victory, and I'll be humble in defeat. Yeah. You so know? No matter what happened in that fight, his next fight, whoever he's fighting, he's gonna get fucked up. You know what I mean? Maybe. So, I mean, what if he fights Dos Anjos? You know, Dos Anjos is always gonna, gonna be, be a, a tough fight. He's gonna cut him up. I bet he tags him a few times. I bet you're right. I bet he tags him. I bet you're right. He's gonna tag everybody. He's gonna hit some people. And just because he got knocked out, a lot of people, every half the people get knocked out in fights. I mean, yeah, he got knocked Look, out. He got he got cracked so and he got choked. But um, I'm interested to see how he handles the physicality of Dos Anjos, who's a lot more physical than Nate. You know, Dos Anjos is a beast. I want I want to know if he could do to Connor what he was able to do to Nate, what Dude. he was able to do. To a, a lot of guys, like Pettis, what he did to Pettis, you know, that guy's strong as shit. I was so bummed out when he broke his foot. I was like, God, that's a crazy fight. That's I'm, always going to be there. But fucking Nate, all of a sudden, Nate <laughs> is a, <laughs> a superstar, super dude. <laughs> that little stoner is going to be, he's, he's probably, best. dude, he's he's super famous now. Everybody Gigantic. knows who Nate Diaz is. Come on, dude. He Jesus. has the greatest all-time post-fight line. <laughs> I gotta say, I'm not surprised, motherfucker. <laughs> you know what's funny? You know what's, dude, in the beginning, Connor won the verbal vet battles. The first couple press conferences, he kind of did. Connor came full blown. And then Nate, Nate won towards the end, dude. Yep. I, I felt that Nate was in Connor's head. I think it reversed it. I think he was pissing Connor off that he kept saying, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> he just went gangster on him every yeah. time. My crew will fuck up your crew. Like, say, if you want to make this fucking serious, we 
we're going to pass by you guys somewhere in this motherfucking hotel. We'll jump you. We'll do that. You guys want to do that? We'll actually jump you guys, and it'll be all over fucking Sherdog and shit. Well, do you know that uh, Claudia Gadea and Joanna Yonchechek got in a full-blown street fight on the set of Tough? Head kicks, everything. You know, those two bad-ass chicks. Claudia Gadea is a badass bitch. You've seen her fight, right? She's nasty. You dude. know what? She's one that uh, I, I have zero images in my She's head. She's nasty. Her and Yonjecek had a um, they had a really close first fight, split decision win for Yonjecek. So they coached opposite side each other because she's the number one contender. Okay. When is that? She's air? ferocious. She's ferocious. I like the Ultimate Fighter. Both this of them one are sounds ferocious. like a good one, dude. Yonjecek is ferocious, and Claudia Gadelia. Yeah, there it is. Dana is she, White. Uh, Gadelia is that a Brazilian fight? Yeah, man. She's a, a Nova Onyao girl. She's good, dude. She's good. Jiu-jitsu? Good. Oh, fuck yeah. Real good jujitsu and strong as shit. Strong as shit. When they fought the first time, where she was winning was on the ground, and she was doing well on the feet, too, but um, Joanna caught her with a big uppercut, I think, in the first round and rocked her. But was most- she trying to take her down? I'd have to go back and watch it again. I remember specifics that Joanna cracked her with a big uppercut and hurt her, but that Claudia had overwhelmed her in some of the ground exchanges, and a lot of people were thinking that you and Jacek was going to have more problems with grapplers like Carla Esparza or like, um, you know, like Carla's a wrestler or like um, uh, Juliana Panay. What's her name? No, Jessica Panay. Jessica Panay, the uh, second uh, title defense that she had. These girls try to wrestle with her though. She can't. You can't wrestle with her anymore. She's she got better. She's nasty. She's really fucking slick standing up. And apparently they just went to war. They just on the set beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> You're Dana White. What do you do with uh, <clears throat> Misha? Dude, blow her up. She's huge. That no, fight I know, but was who do you courageous. Give her? I don't know, man. But give her a world tour first. <laughs> she she won one of the greatest victories in the history Damn. of MMA. Dude, down, dude. down on the scorecards in the fourth round with two minutes to go, she hits a takedown, takes her back, almost gets shook over the top, hangs on, hangs on. That was so dramatic. Dude, dude that was like the end of a movie. She fought so right smart. There. She fought so smart. She did everything that all the experts were saying she was going to need to do. She did everything. Yeah. She avoided the and, kicks. She didn't she, rush in. And she had to pull it off in like the, what was there, a minute left? How, how I think much it time? was like somewhere around two minutes to go when she went for the takedown. When yeah. she when she got a hold of her, yep. so you're down to last uh, round. And last round, and she wasn't winning the round. Mm-hmm. Nothing really had happened that was mm-hmm. like big and significant. She had a, a takedown. She attempt was probably stopped. losing on the cards. Could probably. be. Yeah. I didn't look at the cards, but yeah. you know she won that one round for sure when she took yeah. her down, mm-hmm. and that went, made everybody go, "Oh shit!" Yeah. Was that the second? Was it the second round that she took her down? So was dominating her. Um. Yeah, I think it was the second. Her uh, Misha's wrestling surprised me. Her yeah. wrestling is a lot better than before. Before she's hustling, yeah. dude. She hustles. She keeps getting better. Because Holly Holm ain't easy to take down. No. She works her takedown defense. That's like her main shit. Um, she dude, probably works on her takedown defense more than her jujitsu. So this is the cards. Yeah. So what is it saying, basically? What do we got here? Misha, t- this is hard to do. These are confusing. White, blue, pink. There's a pink card. I guess they, oh, the different people. It just says the referees' names. Um, okay, so round nine, so ten nine. Well, who's red and who's blue? Misha's blue. Think, yeah, Misha's blue on the left. Oh, okay, the so right. Holly, yeah, so it must have been the, hmm, that's interesting. 
Wait, wait a minute. All three had 10-9 for the first. Right. All three had 10-8 for the second. Right, that makes sense. And all three had 10-9 for the third and for the fourth. So does that make it a draw? No. That means Holly was ahead? Well, how do they, they, they judge the fourth and then the fifth? She was ahead in the fourth. So the Holly was ahead by one point, right? Yeah. Yep. Even though she'd won three rounds? Yeah, so Misha could have, if she would have won that round, it would have been a draw, I guess. Wow. But she was she wasn't really winning wow, the get, round right get, there. I'm surprised that they all gave him a ten eight. That's good. That's very good. That's good. Good it job. Who, who were their names? Marcos Rosales. Good job. Yeah, that was a yeah. That was a real ten eight. That's how a ten eight should look. Someone takes you down, beats the shit out of you. But just what an what a finish. That was what was yep. amazing about it. And yep. you know, Holly fought smart. She used that sidekick a lot. She's so good with her movement. She caught Misha with a lot of punches too, man. But she wasn't she wasn't going after her. She would catch her with punches and stay on the outside. She was fighting a smart fight. And she got taken down. She got dominated on the ground by Misha. And that's when mm-hmm. I was like, Wow, Misha's fucking top game is solid as a rock. Mm-hmm. Like her control is excellent. And she's fucking strong, man. She's strong because Holly's strong. Mm-hmm. Holly Holm is strong. I was really impressed with her ground and pound, really impressed with her top game. But then, you know what, man? The next round, Holly Holm got right back on her fucking bicycle and and, and probably, in everyone's eyes, won that round, right? Yeah. In all those judges' eyes. I was To me, it was uh, if that would have won a decision, I would have given it to Holly. Yeah. Just based on, uh, you know, depending upon how that no, no real damage. She never yeah. knocked Misha down. She never hurt Misha, right? It was she, she ever hurt her? never hurt her. She tagged her a couple times where you know she snapped her head back a little bit, but it wasn't anything like, like where she boom, was rocked. Like, yeah, yeah, legs giving out. No, yeah. so it, it it was it was about to be a semi boring decision overall. Like who would want to watch that fight again? The second round was kind of cool. It was going to be one of those fights, but. Just like that, Misha turned it into one of the greatest fights ever. Amazing. Yeah, that comeback, that last second, that's like a grand slam in the bottom of the ninth. In the scramble to get to the back, her yeah. scramble, yeah. the way she held on as Holly kept moving and changing and adjusting, she kept holding on. Then finally the Hail Mary, Holly tries to flip her over the top and she hangs on. Yeah. She hangs on to the joke and sinks it in and gets the hooks in and... And when Holly goes to sleep, punching in the air, you know those oh old, God. you know those old NFL films, like when you watch those, uh, the Super Bowl from nineteen seventy eight or something, yeah. and you have that voice, yeah. and they're talking, they're, they're doing the slow mo and these all these old, you know, uh, <laughs> memorable plays, yeah. like epic plays. In twenty years, when they look back at that, and they have some old like Orson Welles type uh, narrator <laughs> talking about, you know, yeah. about going through all that transition. I mean, yeah. there was a lot of drama going on there. Man, she didn't just take her back and choke her. Yeah. There was a lot of shit. There was a lot of shit to handle first. So much was going on. And so gotta, much was happening. Yeah. It was, it was incredible. It was Two amazing. rear naked chokes. The scramble, Ted. though. The scramble was just so epic because the drama building up. He, she's down on the cards, most likely. We can't watch that? We're watching. No, we can never watch that. Uh. She's down on the cards, most likely. She's about to She's about to lose a decision, probably. Oh, my God. She's got a hold of her. Oh, my God. She's on her back. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, my God. She got a choke. Oh, my God. It just over. kept going and going. Exactly. And then when Holly went to sleep, it was like she didn't even tap. She just went out. She went out punching. Yeah. She was throwing punches when she went out. Yeah. Do you know how badass you have to be to go out throwing punches? How badass that girl is? Yeah. She went out. She went out like throwing punches. She didn't want to tap. 
fuck, that was a good fight. Woo! Yeah. It's amazing. Back that to was back, the best, boom. The best fight of the night. That Was that the biggest UFC ever? I mean, Jesus. Yeah, it was the biggest UFC ever. I mean, I would say it it's the be, fight right? of the night, but it's not the fight of the night. It's the same. They're both equally insane. Yeah. There's no, like, one better finale or one better... Uh, and I think I think I think the Connor fight was more exciting because all the way through there was a lot of damage going on. There was a lot of fire going on yeah. with the Holly fight. There was right. a lot of dancing around, mm -hmm. taking shots. There was a lot of you know. It definitely, what it was. There was a lot less action overall. Yeah, but if you compress but, those, if you take yeah. out a couple of those rounds and compress it all into one round, then yeah. I see. I don't think you got to be pleased by it through the whole thing. I think what's most important is that it, after it ends, you have some like definitive conclusion. And if it takes a while to get to that definitive conclusion, I mean, it's going to. You're right. The two fi You're fighters right. are tactical. You're right. You're right. But the end, it was because of that that yeah. made the end so good. Right. Like without that, then yeah. it wouldn't have been so juicy at the end. Exactly, because she had gone through the full five. When they were in the fifth round, and there was like we've got to see she's trying things, they're not working. She tries this, it works really good. Okay, now Holly's trying this, that's working. Misha's trying that, that's not working. Okay, now she's trying to start a kick. What is she? Got, she got to do something different to get close to her. How's she gonna figure it out? Down on the score, shoots for the fucking takedown, grabs a hold of her, gets her neck, chokes her unconscious. Oh my god. The yeah, place went yeah. insane. Because, yeah, you wouldn't have been that low from that stuff. Yeah, yeah. dude, the place went yeah. insane. It yeah. went insane. It was so epic. Yeah. And then, damn, Misha Tate, man. God damn, she was so happy. She's so nice. You know, she's such a, like, her and Holly, they're both so nice. It's so nice to see, like, nice people like that do really well in such a brutal, savage sport. You know, she's really nice. Like, when have you ever, you know, sir, Misha Tate's never, like, raised her voice at anybody. She's never yelling at anybody. She's, like, real friendly. She's, like, real sweet. To see her, the UFC bantamweight champ, I was like, wow, this is crazy. What, I, a, I what think, a performance. I think Holly is a little bit nicer, though, right? She's super nice, bit. too. Yeah. She seems like They're just some, some country, nice. like, wife, you know what I mean? Yeah, like she's the preacher's the daughter. Yeah, she that's really what is. they call her. Yeah, she and is. She really is, right? Yeah, she really is. Wow. And she's tough as fuck. Dude, she went out punching. Yeah. How cold. She was, like, throwing punches. She just wants to get in her post-fight <sighs> interview. She just wanted to get back into it. She's like, yeah, when do you? Because sure. I just, she just wants to get back in and get well, it back. You know what? What I loved about the pre-fight speech was she was talking about the fight itself. She was like, you know what? Ronda's going to be out for a while. She goes, I'm not fighting for money. I'm not fighting for fame. I'm, I want the action. I want to fight. I'm like, whoa, how wild! That's how you got to think if you want to be great, right? If she you needs wanna, something to focus on. Yeah, if you yeah. want to be a Holly Holm, I guess you have to be like that. Yeah. If you want to be a 19-time world's women boxing champion. You got to be like a crazy motivated person. Yeah, she's like that. got to. She's got to fall in love with jujitsu though, because she's not the biggest fan of jujitsu. She really needs that. And well, you I had know said this before. The I fight. know that. I know that's that's hard to to swallow, uh, you know. But uh, you you got to. You can't be one of those fighters that. And there's a bunch of them out there. Uh, that uh, they didn't really want to get offensively good at jiu-jitsu. They didn't really uh, have a... They weren't attracted to passing the guard and taking the back and choking people out. There's a lot of wrestlers out there that just wanted to keep it on the feet, do a little takedown defense, and if you have to take them down, stay in half guard and pound them out and just keep it simple and keep it like that. You know, if... um. You, there's a lot of wrestlers like that. Not that she's a wrestler, and there's strikers. There's strikers like that too. There's been uh, uh, quite a few throughout the years champions that didn't really want to work on their jujitsu the right way. 
the right way, which is sparring with everybody and not picking your sparring opponents and just jumping in into the fire. That's how I know Connor's good because Connor does that, and he's going to get way better. He's actually good at jujitsu. Just Nate is a lot better. But I think Holly needs to have somehow. Somehow it needs to happen. I don't know how, but uh, she needs to fall in love with jujitsu and and uh, because. I think that's where people know. I mean, that that's the spot. We already we haven't really seen her on her back. We we haven't seen her react to jujitsu, and now we have. And Misha just exposed her, and she needs to get take that. She needs to take care of that and fall in love with jujitsu and start getting on Instagram, taking pictures with her gi. You know what I mean? <laughs> and she's got her blue belt and be all happy. She's got to be really happy about it because um, she needs a. There's there's a hole right there, and that's where people are going to try to take her. Yeah, she's that's... not that hard to take down after all. I thought she'd be harder to take down, but you know, Misha took her down. Well, Misha mixes up her takedown times. Yeah, she goes Perfect up timing. up top yeah. and she goes down yeah. low. Whereas Ronda's like upper body clinch. She's really an upper body clinch. So yeah. all Holly had to do. Also, Ronda in that fight was so insanely aggressive. Her charging after her made it so much yeah. easier for counters. Yeah, Misha was super crafty. Yep, she like very varied, patient, very patient, varied her movement, varied her timing. Didn't do any like like she didn't continue any patterns like yeah. with this, her stand up. She moved around a lot. And she did a lot of juking and a lot of she did a lot of different stuff. Stayed on the outside, made Holly come after her. Like if you if you're if you're a really good counter striker like Holly is. For her, the best thing is a Ronda. Like, someone's going to run at her. The best thing is someone running at her. She's she's so fleet. Like, her footwork is so excellent. She's so light on her feet that she's so good at just sliding out of the way and cracking you while you're coming in. It's, like, mm-hmm. one of the things she's best at. Mm-hmm. So if you fight that way against her, that's the kind of fight that happens. She looks like a master. But if you look at her fight in the very first UFC fight with Ra- Raquel Pennington, she won a split decision. Yeah. You know, and that was a fight where Raquel fought more cautious, a little smarter, knew, mm. knew Holly's background coming in. You know, if you don't, like, if you don't engage with her, it's like, remember when Anderson was in his prime? If guys came after him, he just butchered them. But if guys hung back, sometimes the fight was boring, right? Like um, Talos Latis. Remember Talos Latis, like, hung back and he kind of waited for Anderson? Um, same thing with Patrick Cote. Patrick mm. Cote hung back. He just fought smart. He's like, I'm not charging and running in anything. Come, come get me. Come get me. And Cote, like, always had a big right hand. So everybody had to be real careful. You always had to be careful because a guy, if you're coming at him, he could always catch you. And if a guy like Cote catches you, he just had that stupid power in his hand. He could just knock. He knocked down Tito at 205. You remember that? He knocked him out? Down. Knocked him down. Oh, Tito okay. could take a shot. Yeah. But he knocked him down at 205. And he fights at 170 now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, Patrick Cote can crack. So Anderson never won. Remember Patrick blew his knee out in that fight? Yeah. He like went to throw yeah. a kick and his knee just gave out. That's right. Exploded. Yeah, he fought a very smart fight too. And that's that staying when you have, when you fight a killer counter striker like that, the big thing is like let them lead. They don't want, they don't want to lead. Make it a boring fight. Let it be boring. Move around. Be patient. Misha did everything right, man. It's amazing. Ronda Misha 3 would be nice, right? It's probably what's going to happen. It's probably what's going to happen next, according to uh, what I've read on the internets. Is that what of here? I wonder what Ronda would want. Would she want uh, a, rematch, a rematch with her after a loss or a, tit- she, a title shot? If I was her, I, if so I would a tough guess, choice. rather, if I was her. If I was her, I'd be a boy. Tough choice, right? I'm a boy. I can't be her. <laughs> If I, if I was her, honestly, I would probably, I would imagine if I was her, I'd want to avenge the loss. 
because Holly was uh, her first loss, and she doesn't feel like she did her best in that fight. And that fight was just she had too much going on. If you hear her talk about it, it was like there was, was just overwhelmed with obligations and shit, and just fought wrong, just didn't didn't fight correctly, just had real problems going into that. And then you have like her approach, like getting in Holly's face, the weigh in, trying to make it real emotional. You know, you fake ass bitch and all that stuff. And then all that emotions when she fought in the ring, just running after Holly. And Holly just fought like a master. That was one of the best performances you'll ever see of a striker negating a person's aggression. Like she just did it so brilliantly. Catching her with elbows coming in, catching her with straight lefts. And then that fucking setup for the head kick when Ronda's all stumbling and she just catches her with that head kick. I mean, just a spectacular mixed martial arts performance overall like one of the best like title winning efforts in any weight class as far as like a, a sheer domination it's right up there with tj dillashaw and barrow one yeah. but more probably more scary it's one of the most spectacular highlight uh, clips ever, ever where she, ever. she's getting clipped yep wow it's amazing like, amazing it's like, she's a badass you know so what i think about holly is you know holly get back on track and uh i i really hope that she takes that advice that you just gave I think that'd be real smart. She's got to somehow fall in love yeah. with it and not fight it no more. Well, I don't know if she fights it. I don't know what the deal is. Who knows? Yeah. You know, she's just so good at kickboxing. I think uh, she just wants to stay sharp in that, and that's what she wants to do to girls because she feels like she has this big advantage in them against them in that. But yeah. obviously, she needs a little work on it, and I think she'll get better, man. She she can she can still improve, you know. And I think maybe there's also the overwhelming pressure that must come from being a champ. Like, that experience yeah. probably takes a while to learn hey, how to navigate. I, I hope I'm wrong and she's already in love with it. That would be awesome if I yeah. was wrong. You know, I'm rooting for Holly. I like Holly. I think Holly... How could you not Holly like her? Holly with... Of course. How could I not like her? I'm just being real. I'm, I'm sorry if it hurts anybody's feelings. No, but, no, no. I think what I, you're saying is important. And I hope and I hope that I'm wrong. I hope, like, you have no idea. She's yeah. totally into it. She's been all... She just hasn't worked on it that long or whatever or whatever. Yeah. But, but uh, that's... I would love to see Holly Holm with uh, uh, aggressive offer back and dangerous off her back there's no reason why she couldn't be she's super athletic she has a crazy work ethic uh she did you watch it. cr bahar dezada and um brandon thatch Mm-mm. there was a fight on the undercard thatch is a super talented guy man super talented karate guy but uh bahar dezada was able to take him down and he just didn't have any answers off his back mm. it's like one of those examples of a guy who's a really talented striker where you're not getting to see the full extent of his talent because he has a difficult time fighting off his back and he has a difficult time keeping guys from taking him down so just you know he's guys are figuring that out with him and a couple guys have dominated him on the ground and it's just unfortunate because he's so talented with his striking like when you see a guy like that you just want to go man if you could figure out a way to find balance in your skill set how good would he be you know he's so good standing up but Bahar Dezada man my god that guy hits hard he's got one of those weird punching power bodies like he like it doesn't even make any sense I'm not familiar with him he's from Afghanistan he was born in Afghanistan grew up in Holland I think Um, but he is uh, I want to say he did I don't think he who did he train with um oh Greg Jackson he was at Greg Jackson's camp for this but he's been out for like 800 days he had like some serious injuries, man. Like both How many of the labrums, more years? than almost three two years. years, two and a, yeah, a little bit more than two years. He uh, had both his labrums had to be operated on. Broke his hand, fucked up his. Which back. one's the labrum? Inside your shoulder. Oh shit! He had a bunch of shit operated on. 
you know, so he was out for a long time. So to see him come back, and but see Thatch, like in the beginning, you see him on his back, and he tries to, th- he almost catches a triangle, he just throws up his legs. And, you know, if someone who had a really good triangle, like Nate, if Nate was in that same position, he would have got it. He would got the triangle for sure. I mean, it was all there. Or at least he would have secured it, and Bahar Dezada would have had to defend it, but he couldn't secure it. And I was like, man, that's just, it was right there. Like, he had the leg over, he had the other leg here, it was over like this, there wasn't that much resistance. Like, grab your fucking ankle, lock that in. Like, what he, and he just didn't. And then you see him for the rest of the fight, was having a real hard time fighting off his back. We see a guy that's that good, he's so talented standing up, man. You watch him throw knees and punches, you're like, Jesus, this kid be a, this kid could be a fucking force. He's just got to really polish up that ground game, and especially off of his back. Yeah. You know? This is a crazy sport, man. You can't just have one way to go anymore. You got to have the whole thing. You can't, you, there's, there's very few people that are going to exist in this sport at the upper echelons with just one way to go. You know, one of the things that's so scary about a guy like Nate is that Nate's boxing is just as good as his jiu-jitsu. You know, his, and sometimes you don't see the jiu-jitsu that much because he's so confident in his boxing and he, and he throws down with guys, but Guys go to the ground with him. I mean, he's choked out some good dudes. You know, yeah. he's, he's fucking good. You got to have some serious finishing power on the ground, whether it's on your back or you're on top. You have at least with you on top, you better have finishing power. Yeah. Maybe you just use your bottom game for sweeps. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, you don't you don't have to finish the guy off your back, but it's always good. It's always better if you could finish. If you're yeah. known to finish people off your back, that's anytime. I roll with anybody that's like even a purple belt who specialty is finishing people off his back. And it's, there's always those dudes when I'm going to roll with Jeremiah, like I almost rather have them mounting me. Like mm. if I end up in Jeremiah's guard, I'm like, fuck that mount me. <laughs> it's easier to get out of the mount than it is his rubber guard. Seriously. That's crazy. And there's few guys like that, like a boogie. Mm-hmm. If anytime Boogie put me in his guard, I go right to the mount. <laughs> I go, check out this sweep. You're a bad motherfucker. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, Isn't that crazy? Because that goes against conventional thinking. Oh, yeah. But uh, my, I don't have the great the greatest posture in the world. And my, my lower back's all fucked up. So right. I, I don't try to posture out of shit. I just, I go with everything, man. That's I'm smart. like, you want to go that way? Let's go. And let me see if I can hold on and get a little clinch and then go back this way. Bam. You know, I, I, don't, I don't, I'm too old to... Uh, uh, force my way through anything. I That's just, probably the smart way to do it, though, right? That's the, the traditional way, way of, of doing jiu-jitsu. That's, my jiu-jitsu is becoming very survival now. My guys <laughs> are fucking me up now. Um, there's this phase where I, I'm getting tapped out all the goddamn time now, man. I, if I'm The only way I could tap out my certain purple belts is if I have gas. If I'm tired and I take a round with one of my purple belts, I'll be fucking... On, on uh, survival mode the whole time, man. My guys are coming with fire now and throwing leg locks. You leave your feet out. Damn. Uh, it's it's pretty crazy now. You getting any leg injuries? No. 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 no, no just my back finally getting that disc. But I mean other people in class getting any knee injuries or anything? No. It's, no? A, it's a myth. Really? It's a myth. That's you get, you'll hurt your arm or your shoulder at the same rate. You'll hurt your knee. We do leg locks all the goddamn time. That's so, so interesting because that was always the worry. The, right? Tenth Planet has always been that way. We never banned reaping. We never. I never frowned upon heel hooks. I personally never got really heavy on heel hooks. I was always heavy on leg compressions, a different style of leg lock. I was always doing those. Not really heel hooks so much. Uh, but uh, we've always had heel hook masters. No, I would. I probably. Uh, I wouldn't have asked that if that wasn't something that comes up all the time when people talk about leg locks. You know, 
I kind of yeah. I know the answer because if yeah. if it was, I would have heard about it. I think you it's told a myth. Me. I think it's a myth that leg locks are. When we were brought up in jujitsu, uh, you know, the whole Brazilian jujitsu community banned heel hooks and and frowned upon them. And and uh, do you remember that time you were at a tournament and they started booing and screaming when you yes. went for a guy's leg? Yes. When I first during my white belt years and into my blue belt years. I saw a Ken Shamrock instructional. He's wearing jeans and shit, and he's got no shirt, and he's wearing <laughs> jeans. And he's like in this small little gym, and he's got this Japanese guy, and he's doing this toe hold from the top, from top half. And I was always playing half guard like right away as a white belt. That's like the worst guard ever as a quarter guard. I mean, it doesn't get any worse than that. Anything worse is you got your guard pass. So I was always playing the worst shit because I was, it was small and weak. But... Uh, um. You would go after toe holds? Yeah, I learned it from Ken Shamrock, started going after toe holds, and I got pretty good at them. I was tapping motherfuckers with them. And I, uh, I did this tournament. It was the first Pan Ams, and it was in L.A. and El Segundo, 1996 or 97, the first Pan Ams. I went for a toe hold, and there was about 500 Brazilians that they shipped in because it was the first Pan Ams and there was like this big retreat and they took they had them all in this this hotel right down the street from the gym and it was mayhem and shit I'll never forget that and this we were in El Segundo in LA and there was 500 Brazilians that got shipped in for the Pan Ams and of course they dominated and they killed everybody in jiu-jitsu but I did wrestle a Brazilian and I put him in a toehold and as soon as I put him in the toehold the whole crowd went nuts it, it was a riot almost happened it was just a riot I don't know what, what stopped them but they were throwing shoes at the mat they were throwing bottles at, at the uh, water bottles at me and I was sitting there holding the toehold and everyone's screaming and I'll never forget Johnny Machado comes running like slow motion and he slides because you gotta let it go let it go and I was like, fuck, and I let it go. And then the guy beat me on points. But uh, So Johnny Machado slid in and told you you got to let it go because everybody was going crazy. Yeah, everyone was going crazy. You weren't let supposed it go. to attack the legs back You then. weren't supposed to attack. It was Isn't dirty. Crazy? It was dirty back then. And then in the parking lot, like that the Mean Joe Green commercial. Remember that old Mean Joe Green commercial where he's drinking a Coke and there's like a little kid? Yeah. Well, I felt like a little kid because I ran into Eric Paulson in the parking lot and he was getting the same reaction when he was going for leg locks and he was like a blue belt at the time and he he and uh i think we're the same age but for some reason i felt i always felt like a little kid and he had all this knowledge he was a blue belt in jiu-jitsu but he had trained in japan and fought in judo and shit he was already like a professional fighter and was uh, an expert at leg locks who just got into jiu-jitsu so he's competing a, competing at a blue belt fucking everybody up with leg locks right is eric paulson young ass eric paulson's right. at 24 and we're in the parking lot and he showed me this leg lock and he goes, listen, check this out, man. Don't forget this. Because he, he, he saw a little of him and me because I was going for a toehold. Right. He goes, oh, fuck, look at that dude. He's getting a lot of heat, too, because <laughs> he's going for a leg lock. So right away. But it was totally legal. That's what's crazy. You could have tapped the, the guy out, and it would have been legal. I don't know. I don't remember what the rules said. I don't remember. But So it might not I have been thought, legal. I thought they were legal, and maybe it was illegal. But oh. it, even if it was illegal, the crowd erupted. The Brazilians went nuts and were throwing shoes and screaming and Today, they though, like it's illegal and shit. for some, some belt ranks, right? Like in some tournaments? Yeah, uh, you can't do heel hooks. Gracie Nationals and Gracie Worlds, you can do heel hooks at purple belt and above. Oh. White belt and blue belt, no heel hooks. You could do straight ankle locks and knee bars at blue and nothing, no legs at all at white. Zero legs at white, uh, straight ankle locks, knee bars, 
leg compression at blue, and then they allow heel hooks, full reaping and everything, purple belt on. Those are the, the best rules. I love those rules. You don't need heel hooks for blue belts. But like Naga, they let everybody heel hook. So, And it's there's not this like you know big epidemic going on where people are just getting their knees just ripped off. It's a, not at any 10th Planet School. Every now and then someone does get a knee injury, just like they do get an arm injury or shoulder injury. Sometimes people get put on a heel hook and it fucks their knee up. Sometimes, but sometimes it happens with the arm at the same rate. We do heel hooks all the time. No one's getting, every now and then someone gets hurt, but it's just part right. of the game. But it's every now and then someone gets hurt from everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a, it, it, you know, if people were get, trust me, as a businessman, if if, yeah. if if I saw that I'm walking around every night and I'm looking at what's going on, I know exactly how my, I know who's playing what, what everyone's different style, you know, especially at like the purple belt level. I, I, I pretty much know where they're coming from. No one's getting hurt. Everyone's doing your hooks and you just, you, you, uh, Man, it's a different motherfucking world when you're going against leg lock experts that know jujitsu, like guys like Eddie Cummings yeah. and Gary Tonin, like black belt at jujitsu that are fucking hyper, super, ultra leg locky. Yeah. Holy shit. You better yeah. watch your shit. Yeah. So uh, if you are not training leg locks, Leg locks, you know, when everything, when it's submission only, when there's not all these stupid rules, when they just, when it's just like that jujitsu that you fell in love with. Everybody falls in love with the jujitsu that they walk into their dojo and then they train for the first day and they fucking love it. They love it. And they fall, they fell in love what, with what happened and what goes on every night in that class. There's no point. People are just rolling in there trying to get the submission. That's what you fall in love with. What you see at a tournament, that's not what you fall in love with. No one goes to a jiu-jitsu tournament for the first fucking time and says, I'm going to fucking, I love this, I'm going to do this. They fucking run. They're gone. That's, the, that's how you turn people off to jiu-jitsu. You, their first experience is a points tournament where there's 12 matches going on at the same time. We'll see how long that lasts. People that like jiu-jitsu can't even hang. Well, especially when you know? it's with the gi. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. Oh, they'll, they'll be like, fuck this. They're playing tug of war this Jean, whole fucking Jean-Jacques time. Jean-Jacques thinks it's boring. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Jean-Jacques <laughs> like, hey, it's so boring. Yeah. So, well, so many guys are just trying to get advantages and trying to like yeah. just score a point and hold on. Yeah. I think the rules that you set up for EBI are the best rules. They're the best rules because you go a certain amount of time. What is it, 10 minutes? How many minutes? 10-minute matches. 16-man tournament. Uh, ten minute matches with overtime. If there's no, it's all no points, no advantages, all submission only. Like you have to get the submission, you know. Yeah, and what it, what's really interesting is you've got this idea that uh, you know until I saw it, I was not sure what to think of it. I was like, hmm, all right, I don't know, I don't know how the hell he's gonna do this. The overtime but on the paper overtime, sounds crazy. On right? paper, it sounds crazy, but in practice, it's the best thing. Because if you watch a jiu-jitsu match, one of the things that happens if you're a casual observer, if you watch like a Marcelo Garcia, some guy just attacks and strangles somebody, like, whoa, that was amazing. Like, that guy's awesome. Like I've showed some people that don't ever do jiu-jitsu. I've showed them like, a Marcelo Garcia match. And you watch him choke somebody, and it's it's so spectacular to watch because his movements are so impressive. They're so fast and lethal, you know. But a lot of jujitsu matches will end in nothing. Some guy gets on top, and then he reverses the guy. Guy goes for a leg lock. He doesn't get it. A guy goes for a choke. He doesn't get it. The other guy winds up on top. They reverse positions, and you run out of time. So when you run out of time like that, for a lot of people, it feels inconclusive. So you decide you're going to have how many different rounds of it do they do? Four rounds? What's the um, most amount of rounds of overtime well, they can well, do? Well, first off, let me let me say that uh, you know if 
there's nothing wrong with the point game. If you like the point game, there's fucking nothing wrong. You get really good at it. You know what? You're going to get good at passing, and you're going to get good at sweeping, and your wrestling's yeah. going to be good. It's nothing just wrong with that. It's like a, it's like a little uh, subculture, cerebral type thing, positional thing. Mm-hmm. Fucking nothing wrong with that. You could use that as a training tool, like getting good at points tournaments just... You know, because you're going to work on your passing and your sweeping, and you know you yeah. might as well do points. You know, and you, for you MMA, at, yeah, like if you're just, lethal with yeah. punches and you you like to do that, yeah. it's not a bad strategy at yeah, all. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not trying to stomp that out. I want to make it. Clear. I'm not trying to compete against that at all. Okay. All it's well, let a me beautiful explain thing. what you do. I though. just you just my goal has always been to put uh, to create a jujitsu show, and I thought it would have been done by now. And a lot of people have tried that, to put a jujitsu show together. On that's uh, so exciting that it can compete with it, on the overall entertainment value with an MMA show like your average MMA show. I go, dude, just is so so beautiful. We we're obsessed with it. Why can't we? What's going wrong? What's going wrong? There's been a professional submission league. Uh, Hickson even had a show. Um, there's Metamoris. There's Polaris. I mean, none of these shows, including mine, including mine, none of these shows are making any money. I haven't made any goddamn money with my show. We all know that in the jiu-jitsu community. There's there's no money there. These shows fail constantly. Like, but what, what is it about? They're works of passion. And yes, that's the exactly. reason why they're still around. Exactly. Like when you go exactly. to an, a, an EBI and you're in the audience, that is an audience of jujitsu enthusiasts. Like everybody yeah. is pumped. Yeah. They're yeah. all very excited yeah. to be there. And there's a feeling of a, a camaraderie in that kind of a crowd that's very different than a crowd that just comes out to see like a UFC. Because yeah. a lot of the people in the audience at a UFC are gigantic fans. A lot of them are fucking fanatical. A lot of them are like you and me. A lot of them. But there's a lot of other people that are just there because it's an event. There's a lot of other people that goes there because it's a scene. There's a lot of people that are on their phone half the time. And they're not even paying attention to the fights. There's that too. At an EBI, there's none of that. No. It's everybody all jiu-jitsu freaks. Yeah, everybody and, knows. And everybody's clapping for everything. Yeah. Everybody yeah. knows when a heel hook's close. Everybody knows when a choke is close. Everybody knows. Yeah. Everybody knows what's going on. Everybody knows when a guy cinches up a triangle. Everybody knows. Yeah. So and, there's a beauty to that. But let me explain what you do because we didn't finish it. You have overtime. So when a fight goes to a draw, like at the end of it, the time runs out, what you do is you take these guys and you force them into dangerous positions. Yes. So you force a guy on a guy's back yeah. with over-under, and you start from there. You say, ready, go. And when you do that, then the guy on the bottom tries to get out. The guy on the top in the good position tries to finish. If the guy finishes, you move on to, the, to another round, and the other guy tries to do it. If he can't finish him, uh, the guy who finished him won. But he gets his chance in a bad position as well. But if you have a stalemate over the rounds of that, you just count out the time. Who got out the quickest? Which guy escaped from the other guy's bad positions the quickest? And you calculate the time. Well, traditionally, in overtime with jiu-jitsu uh, matches, it usually went. It came down to wrestling. Who had the better wrestling? Because if there would be overtime, there's no points or whatever. They go into overtime. There's three-minute overtime, five-minute overtime. It's, or, or sudden death, whoever gets the first points wins. It's really going to come down to who has the best wrestling because that overtime period, they both start on their feet. So what's the, mo- the most important thing on your feet is the wrestling here. That's going to that's gonna determine overall the superior wrestlers are going right, to win. Right. Uh, that's always been the case, really, in all the overtimes. It always comes down to the wrestling, generally. So I, I never really was a fan of that because I've seen plenty of wrestlers in submission tournaments not know anything about submitting, but they, they'll run away with the gold medal just based on the wrestling, and, and that's a beautiful thing. I wish I had that wrestling. But when it's a sub, submission uh, or a jiu-jitsu tournament, 
we should the should best jujitsu. Yeah. yeah, the best jujitsu should win, not the best wrestler wrestling. The best jujitsu, the best sub, the best at submitting should win. Like a guy like Marcelo Garcia should win. The, the overtimes should make it so the best wins we, uh, generally. So um, instead of starting on the feet, my overtime rounds we start in terrible positions. Like and it's like extra innings. You get out of sh- like if we were going uh, uh, at it and we went into overtime, you'd get a shot at my back. And then I'd get a shot at your back. If you finished me, it's not over yet. I get a shot at your back. If I finish you, we tie. We go an extra inning. It's an extra round. Three max, three max. But it could end in that first round. It could end in the second round. If it goes all three rounds and we're still tied, whether it's two submissions, a submission each or an escape each and another escape, and that's three total, or all escapes, we add all the combined escape and submission times together and whoever had the quickest or shortest time wins. So it encourages that when you're on my back that I'm not gonna just sit there and just hold the choke. I, I, yeah. you, it, you should try to get the fuck out because if this goes you know, to a, a triple overtime, this is gonna matter. It's, so what it does is it opens up a submission for the guy because the guy has to escape. Yeah. If it's, if it's confusing, um, just you can go see it live on, uh, you can see it on YouTube, right? You, UFC <clears throat> Fight Pass, you can see EBI4. That's where we're at now. But the ones that you have now, like there are some matches online if somebody want to go and look at it right now, right? Yes. And then the new one, the next one, the absolute one, this big crazy one, is going to be in April in LA. Sunday, April 24th. Is that the 4th? April 24th. And that's an absolute one, right? Where you have all sorts of different weight classes represented. Yes. I'm sorry, dude. What are you doing? I want to make sure I got the day right. Yeah, Sunday, April, Sunday, April 24th, downtown LA at the Orpheum. It's going to be streamed live on UFC Fight Pass. Orpheum is an awesome theater, too. If yeah. you've never been, it's one of those old, classic downtown LA Beautiful. theaters. Yeah. It's probably be from the 30s or something, right? Something like, when like did that. they build that? I don't know. It's I awesome. Know. It's, it's awesome. It's, so it's, to to watch your show there, dude, it's so cool. It's yeah. so cool to see yeah. it blowing up. Like last time we were there, we're sitting in the audience like, whoa, this is amazing. It's crazy, right? It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's packed. I, could, and I couldn't have done nuts. it without my partner, Victor Davila. He's the He's one awesome. guy. He's the, I never wanted to be a promoter, man. That's not something I ever, ever thought I'd ever be like a promoter for a show. That's not what I was trying to do. I was trying to come up with an idea to like give it to another promoter to do it. Like do this idea. But nobody, everyone thought it was the dumbest idea. They thought I was losing my mind. Oh. They, put, they thought I smoked too much weed. So then uh, I thought, you know what? I'm going to try to do it. And Victor, Vic, but the, the problem was it was too much work. I looked into it. I'm like, I'm like I can't do this shit. I'm, I was, you know. But Victor came in. Victor Davila, he's the, the Spanish commentator for the UFC, came up to me and he said, hey, listen, let me do all the work. Yes, it'll be your idea. You, you run the show as an executive producer, let me produce it. I'll make it all happen. And I'm like, fuck. And he makes it really easy for me. That's he awesome. does all, like, all, when you walked in and saw the stage, I didn't have anything to do with that. Well, he's like, got okay a background in, in production. I mean, in yeah. working on television. He yeah. knows a lot yeah. of shit. Yeah. He's such a good dude, yeah. man. Victor's awesome. He's Love one of my guy. greatest friends ever, man. He's, he's like, the best. Yeah, so. he's. We've known him forever, too, man. When did we meet Victor. Working at the UFC. But when? What year was it? Ooh. That must have been 2008-ish, 2009-ish, something like that. I think it was even earlier than that. Thought he was like... I think it was like 6, 2006 or 7, I want to say. 
thought he was like four years his old. Son, Remember, he was yeah, his son was a little kid. big Brock Lesnar fan. It was a, <laughs> back in the Brock Lesnar days. That's 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 what I remember for sure. Yeah, there was definitely some. He's that kid's awesome, man, and he's training a lot now too, right? Um, yes, yes. He he broke his arm, so yeah. he's been out a little while and stuff. But uh, he helps. He's uh, an EBI um, associate producer. Did he break his arm in training? So yep. Yep. Just arm crush. Oh, arm crush. Arm crushed. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Arm crush is scary. Yep. Yep. That's a scary one. So That's one of my favorite. Bone. <laughs> Arm so crush is one of my favorite. It's rare, you rarely see it in MMA. You know, rarely. It's so unusual. You know, when was the last time you saw an, a bicep crush in MMA? I think George Sotteropoulos did it. Did he? I think so. Back back mm. in the day when we used to work together, I think he did it on uh, George Roop. Yeah. I don't know. I I get the names all mixed up, but uh, it's a crazy sport, man. There's nothing crazier than MMA. I mean, you watch the combination of punching, kicking, and you're seeing a lot. You're seeing other. a lot more guys go for leg locks now. Mm. See, you notice that? Oh yeah. In the last UFC, there was a guy. He didn't pull anything off though, but forget who he was. But he was all over dude's legs, and then and he was couldn't get hit in a lot of angles. You know, back. You talking about? Uh, um, was it a Darren Elkins fight? Maybe, maybe. He was, um, fuck, who was he fighting? Maybe. God damn it. It was a great fight for Elkins. Why Why can't I remember who the hell he was fighting? Too many people in that last card. This weekend? Yeah. Skelly, I think. That's right, Chaz Skelly. It's, I think Chaz was like 4-1 and one in the UFC, and Elkins just dominated him. Elkins moved to, um, to um, Sacramento, trained with Alpha Male, moved his family, said, fuck it, I got to make a run Is this at the, the fight shit. that I'm talking about? Yeah, I think so, what? yeah. He and Elkins just ground and pounded him. There was yeah. a couple times where he was going for Elkins' legs, but Elkins just ground and pounded shit. I think you're going to see a lot more leg locks now. I think with I think Ryan so Hall too. in there, mm -hmm. no matter what, you got to watch your legs. Yeah. Whether you could punch a guy in his in his face or not, you got to watch your legs. With Ryan Hall, he'll take you, he'll yeah. take your leg off real quick. And I then, think uh, everybody's aware too of the trend in jujitsu. Yeah, and Gary Tonin's talking about. Yeah. I mean, he's going to do MMA. Mm. Like, it's oh it's God. it's strange seeing Ryan Hall in there. Yeah, you know it's strange because he's always been the jujitsu guy. You know, and and mm -hmm. we're gonna see him. There. He would do the MMA, and he's in there now, and he's throwing down, and he's he's making some waves. Yeah, Gary Tonin is gonna be really interesting because he's he's been striking for quite a while, like really trying to tighten it up, really working on getting that in order. And he's a smart guy. He's not gonna jump in anything like kind of half-assed. He'll have his striking in order yeah. before he has his first fight. He'll get some leg locks. Oh yeah, for sure in MMA. Oh, yeah. yeah, well he get a lot of chokes. He'll get all everything. Yep. yep. He's a he's a bad motherfucker when it comes to jujitsu and only getting better. Yep. I think the MMA fighters are always aware of trends, you know, and the the, the big trend in jujitsu. It's not like they're not going to pay attention to that. There's there's obviously a, a leg lock bias going on right now in jujitsu where people are training that really heavily. They realize, I think, there's a bunch of people kind of new leg locks and we're good at leg locks but it seems like once donaher and that crew got involved in it it became like a whole new level of uh intensity when it absolutely. comes to leg locks absolutely right? danaher's crew uh gary tonin eddie cummings and now gordon ryan he just got his black belt from tonin and that all started that from dean lister right that all started from dean lister yep Yep, Dean Lister went down to Henzo's for a couple of weeks, hung out with Danaher, showed him on a le lot of leg lock shit. I'm sure he probably leg locked a lot of the uh, upper level guys and, and made an impression. And uh, and then Danaher being like, you know, he's like a astrophysicist. He probably took that. <laughs> he probably took that shit that Dean Lister told him and just 
just blew it up. He's such a wizard. And just added so much stuff. And then Eddie Cummings is super smart, too. Mm-hmm. So he's taking all the shit Danaher showed him, and he's adding a lot of mm-hmm. shit. Passed it all on to Gary Tonin, and Gary Tonin already had rear naked chokes. He already had great defense. His jiu-jitsu was solid as fuck. He added leg locks over the last few years, and now fuck. He's a fucking... You want to hear something even crazier than that? I go to Donner, I go, how did Eddie Cummings hurt his leg? He goes, well, he was rolling with some of the other students that we have in the gym that might be a little bit more advanced than him with leg locks. They just don't use them yet. (laughs) just they They don't compete. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? You got guys in your gym that don't compete that are better than any Cummings at Leadlocks? You know how scary he that is? He said that? Yeah. Oh, shit. You know how scary that is? Yeah. But the way John Donahue says it, very yeah. definitive. Yeah. I, I, Perhaps we have guys that are maybe a little bit more advanced than him. <laughs> they just, uh, they don't yeah. compete. There's two kind of games now, man. Yeah. There's that, uh, because you you can't shut down a leg lock game but you got to have a solid clinching top heavy game mm. you got to have that slow smashing destroying game to stop those leg locks who's the best at stopping leg locks right now with that game um well we i'd have to say um i don't know who the best is but i would say uh in abu dhabi lucas lepre lucas lepre he went against gary tonin and um he he just hit him with a straight knee cut, knee cut pass with that underhook and just uh, didn't finish him, but he stayed out of leg lock danger and, and he won on points. When was this? His last year? This is last year. That's impressive. So, I mean, technically, out of leg lock technically he beat Gary Tonin. Technically, he, he avoided all the shit, smashed him down. I think he passed his guard. May have even took his back even, to tell you the truth. I, I don't remember. I, I, I shouldn't say that. But um, nonetheless, though, he... Uh, uh, that is that's one kind of game right there because he for sure wasn't gonna start playing leg locks with Gary right. Tonin. Fuck no, he knew the game was like we got to stay away from that mm. shit, and you got to be you got to know how to stay away, and you got to be able to put some heat on someone's leg locks. You got to know how to get out of leg locks. If you're not working leg locks all the goddamn time, you're gonna be so far behind. You really, really are. It's a whole new world grow, growing out there, and in the sub only world the submission only community if it's if you don't know leg locks you will never survive mm, isn't that interesting you will never survive so go back just to when you were competing in the tournament as a white belt and people screaming and booing when you're going for a leg lock could you imagine what it's like today 2016 nobody saw this coming yeah yeah but there's still tons of resistance on leg locks still that's amazing there's, yeah there's still there's still a Jiu-jitsu instructors out there posting uh, anti-leg lock stuff. You know what? The problem is it's the, the legs are the strongest muscles in the body, right? The legs are attached to the longest limbs. You can, you can move them in ways that you can never move your arms. You realize how limited your arms are when you're not using you know, your, your legs to go after legs and to hold positions. You realize like how it's kind of silly almost to use your arms yeah, as opposed to your they, legs. They, most of the community looks at it like in a, in a negative way. It's a positive thing. Mm. You have you have a whole nother game to learn. Well, they don't, they don't it's a whole at, nother game. But that's the problem. They don't want to learn the whole new game. They, you know, that's people goodness. get really good at one thing. They get really good at one thing, and then they want to stick with that shit. Yeah, that's it's really what they got to get through that. Isn't that amazing though? Yeah. That the very thing that made jujitsu so popular in the first place was that it had figured out a way to make something the most technically effective, where a small guy like Hoist can beat a big guy like Dan Severin. Like, and, and it was the using the techniques that work. But then these new techniques that work, they're like, nope. 
I don't know those. No. <laughs> you got to stick to the old shit. It's only the old ones. Like, that, that's bullshit. We just got to figure out how to defend against these leg locks. Let's get the other boys. Let's work this through. Fuck yeah. this Muay Thai kickboxing shit. That's yeah. never going to catch on. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there was a lot of trends. You know, like there, yeah. was, there was a point in time where people weren't throwing any head kicks. Yeah. Dean yeah. Lister's going to do this next EBI, EBI 16 Lister. Vinny Magalesh, who's one of those... Ooh. One of those rare Brazilians who's really into Sambo, too. Yeah. He's been preaching leg locks, and he's very good at leg locks. Very good. Yeah, amongst many other things. So Vinny's got, good at everything. Vinny, we got uh, Yuri Samoas. He's, oh, he's awesome. Uh, he's what he won Abu Dhabi, right? I don't I, He's He was, I don't know, I don't remember. I mean, that's a, a shitty answer for someone who's putting him on the show. All I know, <laughs> all I know is he's really good and he fought in Abu Dhabi. And he's I don't a two hundred five, right? That, Can you find that out, Jamie? Yuri, spell it. Why you are Simone's? Why you are I S I M O E S Yuri Simone's? Yeah, there's there's so you got much Ma high level Mar talent now. Mar uh, Matias Dines. He's from Marcelo Garcia. He's in it. Uh, Bruno Bastos is in it. These are like high-level dudes, man. Yeah, so if you listen, if you're thinking about like, man, I never watched a jiu-jitsu tournament before, but the way these guys are talking about it's making my dick hard. This is what you do. You go on UFC Fight Pass. If you don't have UFC pipe, Fight Pass, if you like fights, man, this is the what? Is this him? Yeah. yeah. Um, does it have He's a, one of uh, the best guys in the world. Yeah. This next one, we're, we're stacked on that. We're stacked now, man. We, yep, he won the enough. Abu Dhabi, right? Does it say? Yeah. Did he win? Abu Dhabi champion, first thing. Oh, shit. 2015. I'm, I'm an idiot, dude. He's yeah, a bad motherfucker. motherfucker. Anyway, multiple-time world champion as a, a purple belt and an absolute. He's just a bad motherfucker all around. But what I was saying is if, you, if you've never watched a submission tournament, you've never seen guys try to submit each other, you're like, this sounds kind of interesting. Get UFC Fight Pass. I'm telling you, I don't want to be. A, I don't want to sound like a shill. I wish the UFC would offer up like a free month of UFC Fight Pass so yeah. people would get addicted to it. Yeah. But if you're at home and you're bored and you're like, ah, I don't know what to watch. What's on TV? You just feel like vegging out in front of the television. UFC Fight Pass will occupy your fucking yeah. time. You can find the greatest fights of all time, all yeah. of them. And like, we're do, we're doing five shows a year with them. They want five at that's least. Amazing. <laughs> so we got to pump them out every two months. Bah, bah. So and on top of that, you know, you got the the people that are UFC fans that are going to leak into it. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a big one. Yeah. And they have a ton of different organizations as yeah, well. They even yeah. have Glory now. Yep. Yep, yep. So cool. Um, uh, Gary Tonin and Eddie Cummings are both in this absolute. Uh, DJ Jackson, um, Richie Martinez, Amir Alam, uh, 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 Rustam Chiziev. He's he was in Abu Dhabi. He I think he was second or third. This guy's is fucking That's a huge tank. wrestler. Rustam Chiziev. He's got hair on his back. He's just fucking spell his name. Dude, to he Jamie just throws so pull people up. up. Yeah, at R U S T A M. C H S E E F C H S E I E V. This, this guy, guy is, is like an animal. Yeah, he's like what everyone is afraid of when you think about Russian wrestlers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everybody's afraid of a guy Look who looks guy. like he looks like a real live Wolverine. Can you see the hair on his back? He's got yeah. it on his back. How big is he? He's, dude, he is one of the, everyone's afraid of this dude. Very oh, yeah. hard to do anything to this guy. And he keeps getting better and better. He was in, I think he was second or third in Abu Dhabi. He's a He's got hair animal. on his back like a werewolf. Yeah. Look at his fucking back. Nobody wants him, this, dude. No one wants to be back. paired. No one wants to be paired up with that guy. I can only imagine. 
He's really good too. His passing is getting spectacular. I wonder um, how long a guy like that can compete with that style. We have it's like, a, oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say like that kind of smashing, crushing power style. Boy, that's so taxing. He used to, he didn't used to pass as much. He used to just throw people around and get on top of them and warm up. But now he's really good at passing and finishing now. He's, a gorilla. Yeah. We got uh, Lucas Rocha, who's from Gracie Baja, one of the top guys. This, this, this is the most stacked we've ever been, man. This is super, super stacked. That's so awesome. Oh, what a great JJ way to from, kick it off. Yeah, it's going to be Great way nuts. to kick it off on Fight Pass. It's going to be fucking God, nuts, that's man. Fucking, that's so fun. Yeah. Isn't it amazing that it just became something, you know, just... I never you. planned on it, man. Isn't that <laughs> how it works, though? That's how it works. That shit, that's this thing, this podcast. Never Crazy planned on shit. this either. Again, yeah. more shit. Just, like, 10th Planet wasn't even planned. I know. Dude, I have nothing about that. I'm 32 <laughs> how, years old. I don't know nothing about no 10th Planet. How crazy is it? At 32. How crazy is it that we were, like, in love with that Zechariah Hitchin guy's book, <laughs> and now they think they might have actually found this planet. Is that for real? Oh, yeah. I don't even pay attention yeah, to that. Yeah, they have yeah. no photographs of it, but they are pretty sure to the point where they're stepping out and saying there's a large planet, probably about four times the size of Earth, hmm. that's outside of our that was our conspiracy theory stuff. No, not anymore. It's real. No, now it's mainstream scientists oh, are saying this. I think uh, even Neil deGrasse me, Tyson has addressed it. People keep sending me shit, but I'm like, oh, it's another one no. of those things. They're here, Jamie will pull it up, man. For real? Yeah. Well, Eddie Eddie turned me on to this. Um, he's like, dude, you ever heard of Zechariah, Zechariah Hitchin? And we, <laughs> we we got so deep. We used to do bong hits and, and talk about the Anunnaki yeah. and watch documentaries yeah. on it. Some crazy stripper told me about him. She's like, <laughs> did you know that we used to mine the world for gold? And I'm like, Gina, what are you talking about? <laughs> Because why do you think we like gold so much? We used to be uh, slaves. I'm like, oh my God. I just thought she was the craziest person ever. And then I thought about it for five minutes. I used to make music with her. And I'm like, wait a minute. It is kind of weird that the one fucking thing we all agree on is that gold is money. That's the one thing we all agree on. Nothing else. Then I, then I asked her, Gina, who is this guy who told, told, told you about this? What is this guy's name? And so she gave me his name. I called him up. I said, hey, I'm Gina's friend. She said you were talking about some crazy motherfucker who, who wrote books about uh, us being slaves and all that shit. He goes, oh, yeah, some guy named uh, let me the, uh, Sitchin or Zachariah Sitchin. And I'm like, okay. And I wrote it down. Then I looked into him. And that's how I discovered it. This is him. all pre-internet, <laughs> right? It was uh, 1999, 2000. 2000. Okay. It was so 2000. You had the internet, but it was harder to find shit back yeah. then. The ninth planet, does it exist? A 10,000-year orbit in outer reaches of our solar system. So they're trying to figure it out right now. But um, what they believe is, this is, they've been believing this for a while, is that apparently there's, well, the reason why they declassified Pluto, they said that Pluto's not a planet anymore, is because Pluto is a large body in the Kuiper Belt. And the Kuiper Belt is a belt of just large asteroids and round things and shit floating around out there, which is really weird because the photos of Pluto that they've uh, released recently, the really up-close photos that they just released, it's a fucking planet. We're nitpicking here. That's a goddamn planet, but they don't think it's big enough to be a planet. All right, whatever. It looks like a fucking planet. Yeah. Like, pull up the photos of Pluto, the that, newest food. They're, they're I, amazing. Yeah, exactly. Have you it's seen like, them? No, I haven't seen them, but to Dude. me, it was like, it's there, right? Yeah. It's there. You call it a planet. You call it a dwarf. You call, they yeah. call, you think they're going to call it a dwarf, you know, 10,000 years ago? Yeah. Who cares what you call it? 
It's, well, su- it's something. It isn't like, oh, no, it never existed. It was a black hole. No, it's, some, it's a body of mass. They, what they think is that there's so many of these out there. They found another one. Do you remember this? You and I were uh, at a bar having a drink one day. Um, here it goes. These are the photos. Yeah, fine. This, this is some of the photos. I think those are color corrected to show like different things. But there's some of the uh, the actual surface. I think the far right one that you uh, um no 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 this is the moon, Jamie. There's some some from the uh, far right one. It says Pluto. Yeah. But that looks like the the ones from that all images right there. That's Pluto. Yeah, the cool. one down below above Planet X. That's it Pluto. It says Earth's moon though. Yeah, but look, it shows all these different planets on this. That's Earth's moon. Yeah, it's a I, that's Google search though, right? Um, just go to uh, go to the web search, the web search, and then just write recent photos of Pluto. What is it? New Cassini? Is that what it is? That took the photographs? What was the? Um... Yeah, the, the Cassini. Uh, so there's a bunch of Plutos, is what they're saying, right? Yeah, there's a bunch of so Plutos. So they found another one. You and I were at a bar uh, once. I remember this because uh, I, I so saw it on my phone. So it had to be an iPhone. Um, someone had sent this to me, dude, you got to check this out. And I clicked on the link and it went to a website that showed that there was a new planet. And I was like, dude, they found it. But it turned out it was right before they declassified Pluto. They went, wait a minute. There's a bunch of these fucking things out there. These aren't really planets. And so they think, to make a long story short, there's a bunch of these things out there. And then behind that is a thing called the galactic shelf where it just drops off. And that would indicate that there's a large... High, like large, massive object out there, another planet. What if they're like, there's nothing there, uh, major? There's nothing. It's just blackness. Just what if, like, who knows, like, really what's out there? You know, like scientists. <laughs> what do you mean, astronomers? <laughs> they have some pretty insane fucking telescopes now. They can see some wild, wild shit. They've identified hundreds of planets now, which is really weird because just a decade or so ago, they hadn't identified any outside of our solar system. It's only hundreds. I I think it's probably hundreds. Yeah, look at that. Woo! Look at the surface of that thing, man. That's crazy. You could take a picture of Pluto? Yeah, but look at it. That is a circular, round thing that looks like a planet. So, but whatever nitpicky that that's not a planet, it's because there's a gang of those out there, dude. There's a gang of them. They don't know how many there are. They're going to find new ones. This uh, Kuiper belt, there's a bunch of little tiny objects out there that are like pluto size, smaller than Pluto. And I think they assume that they're going to find more. Because this object, whatever it is, it's outside, outside, like in the 10,000-year orbit around Earth, is big. Way bigger than us. Four times as so big as Earth. So it's outside all that, those little outside ones? Outside all the little ones. Hmm. That's, there's, apparently there's a drop-off. There's like the belt. Uh, I might be butchering this, and if I am, I apologize. But what I've read and try to remember was uh, that there's something called the galactic shelf, and that would indicate something that has uh, a lot of mass, something that has a, a lot of gravity, something that's big. And so they think it's bigger than Earth. I mean, they're, they're saying it's four times the size of Earth, so it's something really big, which is fucking nuts, man. It's just nuts <laughs> to think there's another planet out there. And what's even more nuts is, what if there's fucking life forms on it? What if this thing in this 10,000-year orbit around Earth is heated by its core? What if it gets its heat instead of from the sun? What if it gets its heat internally and its life forces are all from it internally? Maybe that's where the Anunnaki are. Imagine if that was a real story. Imagine if this Anunnaki thing. I mean, we're, we've, everybody laughs at it. Everybody thinks it's funny. But, like, when the 10,000 years rolls around, that motherfucker gets close. 
they really are a bunch of aliens living on that thing who made us. <laughs> Could you fucking imagine? Nothing would ever mean anything again. Your credit cards, what, you know, how much gas is, nobody would give a fuck. It would all be so, so back of your mind. Everything would be in the back of your mind, except, oh my God, there's a planet out there. And there's a bunch of fucking people who made us out of monkeys. They came down. They did genetic engineering experiments on monkeys, just like we would do. Just like we would do. If we, if we fucking found some planet in outer space, especially if we were like scientists that were like thousands of years removed from us today, like way, 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 way in the future, maybe millions, like a million years more evolved, they'd look at these monkeys like, we're just going to help them out here. Just going to help them out. We know where this is going anyway. Just grab them, shoot some fucking... That'd be the the greatest thing to experience ever. Like, what, could you imagine how earth-shattering it would be if there was a real life form from another planet that we could absolutely identify, a real civilization, and they were super advanced, and they were coming by to visit? Jesus Christ, son. I'd have some questions. <laughs> <laughs> Would you, would you immediately we have no start idea with Tower 7? <laughs> we have no idea what, what we're inside of. No. Like, we're just... It's... it's in, you can't even... It, it's... Uh, aliens in space is... Man, remember how we were so into them, like, in the, in the late 90s or the early 2000s? Yeah. Aliens were, like, fucking always on my mind. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Not anymore, though. I think it's because the History Channel killed that, that aliens... <laughs> Ancient aliens. Maybe that was the plan the, uh, all along. Is you know what? Let's kill this whole fucking alien movement by putting it on History Channel over and over again. And, but what if? <laughs> I remember you called me up once, man. Dude, you called me up once. It was a hilarious conversation. You go, dude, I'm just not into fucking aliens anymore. <laughs> History Channel fucking killed that? it for me, man. Do you remember they that? Did, yeah. <laughs> How cool was that first season of Ancient Aliens, dude? It was dude? awesome. Fuck, awesome. it was going mainstream. Was Zachariah awesome. Sitchin went mainstream. It was awesome, man. Oh, then they did another season. Well, they it... just ran out of shit to talk about, <laughs> unfortunately. Did they it had start great off as shit? a special? Did it start off as a special? Maybe. Maybe, then it turned into a series. But fuck, those first ones were awesome, man. Boy, Sukalos, he's awesome. Oh, man. When was the last time we talked to him? I haven't talked to him in a while, man. <laughs> I wonder if oh, the overall industry is kind of down. Like, well, He got upset when I was honest what about like, what I think about some of the stuff. I just think that some of it is just too bullshitty. It's just too, it's like, could be. It was aliens. Like, oh, come yeah. on, man. They went to, uh, like, they're selling. Yeah. Look, there's a certain amount of that stuff that is absolutely fascinating. When you look at some of the um, depictions of like aircrafts, like the Egyptians used to do, they used mm -hmm. to make like these little model aircrafts. What do you like think is rudder. the most compelling evidence for you? For if you had like a UFO sp uh, skeptic right here, and you had like five minutes, what would, what's your go-to? Almost nothing. Nothing, right? Nothing. <laughs> That's what's fucked up. <laughs> There's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing. There's not one thing you can point to. The disclosure to. project, all the witnesses and stuff. Yeah, you know. that's interesting, but all they could all be crazy. Yeah. They could all be out of their mind. Yeah. You just never know. You just never know. And there's all sorts of experiences that people can have, too, that are very, very unusual weather condition things, like ball lightning, 
ball lightning is one that's really crazy because apparently there's swamp gas. Well, this ball lightning apparently moves like some alien spacecraft. And apparently if you saw ball lightning and they've identified it, it's like this really rare form of lightning that instead of coming down like really fast, like a, a line, it can move around. Yeah. And it's, it's the same sort of idea. It's like an electrical charge that breaks free. You know, I don't, I'm not a good, doing a good job of explaining it, but I've seen videos on it. And I've, I've seen it explained. And I think if you were flying around, man, and you saw that, you'd probably think that was a UFO. And if you saw a lot of the experimental aircraft that they did, I talked about it with Shermer before you got here. Yeah. I think there's a lot of that stuff was yep. just people seeing yep. shit. For sure, most of it probably. But uh, I, the more, the more, um, the more you get into uh, how um, fucked up like corporations are and how fucked up like we've been for so long the more you look at aliens like ah oh, they are just, just 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 distracting us with the aliens they want us to think about fucking aliens <laughs> you know what i mean it seems like a, a big distra distraction i think people love it i think that's why it's on i think it sells i don't even think they're trying to distract us yeah. i think it appeals to that archetype and it's one of the things that Shermer talked about before you got here in the earlier podcast we were talking about how it's like for a lot of people that are atheists that becomes their god and it kind of makes sense. It's like, well, I don't believe in fairy tales, but I believe maybe we were created by aliens who ran experiments on monkeys, and they're all written. Like, how come we won't believe the Bible, but we believe the Sumerian text? <laughs> <laughs> well, Wait, that's, 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 funny that is. that's an easy question But how answer. funny is that? We, we don't, we're not into the Bible, but we're into some. With that, those people were dummies. But these people, 2,000 years before them... Dude, they had it nailed. What it is, it's not gods, it's aliens, man. They came from well, another planet. Well, it all depends on the story. Yeah. Because you know, an, an alien story actually kind of makes sense because we're, we're just, in the, we're in space and shit. There's a lot of yeah. planets and no, shit. No, look, uh, it's, it, I always think of it as, would we do it? Would we do it? Do what? Would we run experiments on some life form that we saw on some other planet? Fuck of course. yeah, of course. What do we do to monkeys? We're doing emotional we're testing AIDS medicine on monkeys and shit. Yeah. We, we would do some weird shit with some monkeys from another planet too. We're probably doing some weird ass shit on this planet that we don't know about. Oh, for sure. There's, There's got to be clone humans yeah. everywhere, especially not in America, where you don't have any rules. You know, like you can go to some countries; they'll do anything. Like China started doing experiments on human embryos, like genetic experiments on human embryos. Just raise hitmen. You know what I mean? Just genetically modified supermen. Yes. But, yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of time before they do something like that. If they can do this genetic engineering and get through a few generations of it to the fact they get the kinks ironed out, and start making a, a series of uh, super intelligent with a Einstein brain. Yeah, can you imagine if the they can have a brain beyond Einstein if you could create a human or a clone, but you could do something so the brain develops like 10 times stronger and you're just like, yeah, you could read minds and it's shit. probably going to happen. It's definitely going to happen. And then when that does happen and we see some poor monkey on some other planet and we're fucking flying around out there in space, we'll be like, let's fix that dude. Just give him a little of our jizz. Just squirt it in there and see, see if you can figure it out from here. Take that monkey, re-engineer it, give it a language. <laughs> They probably would have figured out language if you give them enough time. Do you know they think that chimps are starting to enter into the Stone Age? It looks like I was just watching a documentary of a monkey, and everyone's seen those 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 uh, videos of monkeys with sticks, and they're using it to eat ants and shit like that. I was yeah. watching orangutans. Yeah, I was watching a video of a monkey who broke off a stick and started banging the bark to get uh, some honey that was under the bark, but the stick wasn't big enough, so he throws it, and then he helps and grabs another one, carves it all out. 
Jesus and then Christ. starts pa pa like amazing? that. He should probably be using that as a weapon at this point if he's doing that. You know yeah. what I mean? What happens then when when they learn how to use it as a weapon on each other and shit? Well, what's amazing is what if what we're seeing is them learning it. What if what we're seeing is like they, you know, when they, when they're just starting to observe this now. What if in our lifetime they start using tools? Yeah. Like it seems like that's what's going on because they don't it, it, either it's one of two things either They just didn't have enough video of them back then and they didn't have enough people observing them But to really realize they've probably been using these tools for a hundred years or so or they just started doing it in our lifetime yeah. You know, that's That could be possible. Have you ever seen Snopes this? I want you to Snopes this because I don't know if this is true There's an uh, orangutan that's fishing with a spear He's hanging off of a fucking branch over this river, and he's got a spear. There's a photo of it. I just don't know if it's true. It looks so good, and it's always it one of those fake. things. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's one of those things that I've always wanted to Google, and I'm just I'll get to that tomorrow, and I just never get to it. I got other shit in my life to worry about, but yeah. this, but now so that easy we're to here, fake people out these but, days. But I remember, I just remember, so I, I have to get. Do you see it, Jamie? Do you see, <laughs> I don't see it on I don't see it on Snopes, but it says it's true. Although the ape didn't sufficiently didn't develop the skill enough to catch fish. Whatever. Show the picture. Yeah. This but, is what's crazy. Look at this. Come on, son. Are you fucking kidding me? This is true. Okay. If this is true, that's a goddamn weapon. That orangutan is sticking a long stick into the water, yeah. trying to. It's true. Although ape did not develop sufficient skill to catch any fish yet. He's trying. Yet. This is insane. You would think humans would, would speed up that evolution, right? If we exactly. Just, man. They're probably learning from watching fishermen and shit. Yeah. You might have to learn that water refraction thing, and that might not be capable of doing that. Oh, you know? right. Yeah, that's right. Water refraction is it's a big factor in bow fishing. These people with fish with bows and arrows, when you look at a like if you look at a fish, Say if you look down in the water and you see like the fish would be where this laptop is. It's not really there It's like six inches lower than that But there's this weird refraction thing going on because you're looking through water mm -hmm. So it's like looking through like a funhouse mirror kind of yeah, so you have to learn how to shoot under and The orangutan might not be able to figure that out very smart Jamie. Did you mm. figure that on your own yeah. you fucking wizard? <sighs> Powerful Jamie Yeah, that's so that's that makes a lot of sense, but how crazy is it seeing him try that? A yeah. orangutan by himself with a pole. I mean, he's not in a zoo. He's not like at the circus. Nobody taught him that. Those things are smart as fuck, man. He's gonna be a crazy fucking karate dude who goes out to the jungle, starts teaching monkeys <laughs> how to <laughs> kendo. Look at him. Give him swords and shit. Can you imagine if they got? Oh my god. Supplied the gorillas with swords. Samurai swords. Bum bum bum. I mean, that's Planet of the Apes is not that far how off. How hard would it be to teach him? Like if Jane Goodall got all evil and shit, she started teaching him how to fucking <laughs> cut. You know Jane Goodall believes in Bigfoot? Does she? Yeah, she might be crazy. Oh, she there's, might be a, crazy. there's a comeback for Bigfoot right there. She might be <laughs> She's not, not, not only does she believe, she's certain. She's certain. Is she there a video of her talking about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pull up Jane oh, Goodall. Oh, shit. Jane Goodall believes in Bigfoot. It's insane. When you listen to it, 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 like she's way smarter than me, and she knows way more about primates than I do. So I talk shit, and I say, I don't think Bigfoot's real. He might be, but I don't think it's real. But when I hear someone as smart as her, who basically lives in the jungle, I mean, she's in the jungle so goddamn much, she might as well live in the jungle. And this is what she says. Listen to this. Might not be her talking. We'll see. No, I'm pretty sure it is. What do you 
Now, I know you do wonderful chimp calls. Well, I'm going to do the greeting. It's the kind of sound you'd hear if you went to Gombe and you climbed up onto the ridge. How long is this video? And if you're lucky, you Five hear minutes. the chimpanzee who's calling oh. out saying, here I am, it's a wonderful day, where are you? And... <gasps> And each one has his or her own individual voice, so you know exactly who's calling. Where's Bigfoot, bro? Um, it's a pleasure to speak with you. Um, <laughs> I want to know if you believe there are any undiscovered uh, oh, here it species. Is. You're talking about Yeti or Bigfoot or Sasquatch. Is that what he's talking about? Yes, yes, he is. <laughs> uh, pretty much. <laughs> I'm out of the loop. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, now you'll be amazed when I tell you that I'm, I'm sure that they exist. I've talked to so many Native Americans who've all described the same sounds, two who've seen them. And there was a little tiny snippet in the newspaper just last week which says that British scientists have found what they believe to be a yeti hare and that the um, scientists in the Natural History Museum in London couldn't identify it as any known animal. Did you always <laughs> have this belief that they existed? Well, I'm a romantic, so I always wanted them to exist. <laughs> Animals were my passion from even before I could speak, apparently. I think that's it. Um, well, a couple of a couple people told her that they saw one, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah, she didn't see it. What, she's been in the jungle for 75 years. Thing, but they're not she's... supposed to be in the jungle, though, where she goes. <laughs> they're supposed to be in the woods. Where is, um? what did she say, the University of what? See see if you can figure out what she said, like what university is that is testing a Yeti hair? Because I think that's bullshit. I would have heard about that. <laughs> They don't, it's not a no. Like when I was on a sci-fi show, we tested some stuff. We tested hair. We test with this guy Todd Disotel from um, um, some one big university in New York City. I forget which one. NYU, I guess. Yeah, I guess he's an NYU guy. And um, I hope I'm not wrong, Todd. But he's um, a geneticist, and so we ran tests on uh, feces and on hair. And uh, the hair was bear hair, and the bear shit too. And maybe some dog hairs too. Some what made him think it was shit. Bigfoot shit? Not him. He didn't think it was at all. I think we got Bigfoot shit. No, no. He's he's dedicated to disproving it. But there was other scientists that gave us. That's stuff. that's that's the one I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, what made him think this was it was Bigfoot shit? They it doesn't smell it. like bear shit, bro. Smell it. Smell it. <laughs> How would they know? <laughs> this guy. Maybe the bear had fucking uh, <laughs> bad fish or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, they can't even agree on what it eats. They were so sure it was Bigfoot shit. They can't agree. They can't agree on what Bigfoot eats. I'm good. Who the fuck discovered that Bigfoot <laughs> shit? We gotta find that dude. I met that dude. I met that dude. The guy that found the shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a conversation with him too. He's a nice guy. He's a teacher. Okay. In a school. Where did he public find school it? Teacher in Oregon. Found it out in the woods. He's like, "This has got to be Bigfoot shit. I'm gonna take it with me." Uh, I would think Bigfoot would lay logs, like as big as my thigh, just giant. Like You ever see an elephant take a shit, and you see his asshole open up, and you go, good lord. Like, just flopping out of there, this giant asshole. That's what I imagine from Bigfoot. Do you believe that there are, you know, some people believe in Bigfoot, but they also believe in a different kind of Bigfoot? It's like a different kind of, like, a Christian church. It's like Lutheran. They mm. believe, yes, we believe in Bigfoot, but we believe it's an interdimensional being. I've heard that one. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think the chances of that being real? <laughs> uh, probably, probably 100%. <laughs> Listen, Dude, bro. It's not, not just Bigfoot. Listen, bro. I, I don't I'll believe he's interdimensional. Right I believe he's real, okay? I got to stop you right here, bro. I'm one eighth Native American. 
uh, my grandmother's side, and uh, those are our people. Our that people was- have long known of the existence of what we call the Oma. <laughs> I have a bunch of different names for it. You know what? Omaha's when I go, a new name. Every time I go up to uh, uh, Oregon or Washington or do a seminar, I ask the guys by show of hands who believes in Bigfoot, and most <laughs> of them do. Most of them do. Yeah. Well, keep most them up of there. them have, have heard stories. You know, I believed in it for the longest time, and I don't disbelieve in it today. I don't disbelieve in it, but that's one you can make fun of. But mm. I, I, if it, if they found Bigfoot, I wouldn't be like, oh fuck. I'd be like, oh shit, that's yeah. real. I definitely don't disbelieve in it. And you know what? And I'll, I'll just say it. I think maybe he is interdimensional. You know what I mean? That's how. That's my gut feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with my instincts, bro. You know, you can take your science, but at the end of the day, it's all about faith, bro. It's all about knowing in your heart. It makes okay? sense. That's why you can't find them. Motherfucker just disappears. I know in my heart and I'll defend it with my life. That's the only fucking answer. I know, bro. It's interdimensional, bro. That's what I'm thinking, bro. That's why they can't find him. You can't put Bigfoot on camera, bro. He knows about cameras. <laughs> it's not going to happen, man. He's not going to appear where's a camera no. or disbelief. Just because he doesn't wear clothes doesn't mean he's primitive. Oh, man. He's super intelligent. They know you don't believe, bro. He's at one with nature. He's not going to be near you unless you're pure. Super intelligent. You can't find him. You've got to live with the Sasquatch for them to Bigfoot don't shit you in. There's a, a a bunch of dudes who've claimed to have had like friendships with Sasquatches. Like they move into the woods and they stay there for months at a time, and then they uh, they they tell people they've had these stories. And there's video, there's uh, audio recordings of what they call samurai talk. You want to hear audio recordings that people think is a, a Sasquatch? You want to laugh? Oh, you, you ready to laugh hard? I. I could do Sasquatch. She, she didn't say it was at a uh, university. It's the Natural History Museum in London. Okay. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. Eddie, Eddie. Isn't me. that Bigfoot? Jesus Christ, no. That's Bigfoot. You just made that up. You can't just make a noise no, no, and say no, it's no, Bigfoot. Bigfoot. They have uh, a... It's the dumbest recording ever. Samurai chatter. Listen to this. Get ready for this shit. You're going you're gonna to blow a gasket. We had to analyze this on the show. This is how, when I knew my show was retarded. <laughs> Listen to this. And he was there one time with a friend, and uh, every evening they used to hear some absolutely bizarre noises and calls, and they couldn't figure out what the hell it was. And um, so they took up a tape recorder one time, and this is what they recorded. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It is very bizarre indeed. <laughs> we decided to record the sounds and put them on a CD and a cassette and make them available to people. Oh, what a good move. We do believe these creatures are trying to communicate with us, though, and we... As we speak, are having the linguistics uh, people look into it. They are very encouraged. What they're saying so far is that humans. Nobody's looking into that sounds. shit. The range uh, supersedes what a human can do. The range supersedes uh, the what a human By a previous study at the University of Wyoming, to be uh, spontaneous and uh, no signs of being uh, re-recorded or pre-recorded at altered speeds. <clears throat> so the idea of a hoax is very improbable as far as professionals are concerned at this time. What year was this that they made this video? 
got uploaded 2013. Look at that. Does anything look more like a man in a monkey suit than that picture? <laughs> But here's the thing. Imagine if they really did sound like that. I mean, what does chimp sound stupid too? <laughs> if you heard that, but like more complicated with an actual language, like dolphin noises sound stupid. If dolphins didn't make those noises and you heard the dolphin noise like, you'd be like, that's not a language. What is that? How weird. Imagine if that shit's real. <laughs> Could you imagine? There's like 20 of them. They're all just living deep, deep, deep in the woods. What's more believable, Bigfoot or Loch Ness? I think Loch Ness is probably a really big fish. Like some kind of really big fish, like a sturgeon or some shit. Something something really big that uh, there's not that many of them. You see that video of that guy petting a great white shark? That a great white shark just yeah. It's just, on my Instagram. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, Did, yeah. Maybe I saw it on your Instagram. You might have. Yeah, it's that's ridiculous. insane. It's that's one of the crazy. Weirdest fucking videos I've ever seen in my life. I'm like, it's I don't like know a how little great white plan. It's like yeah, it's like, coming out the of the fuck? water and he's and touching just, its nose. Whoa! I know. What the <laughs> fuck? No wonder pirates are fucking scared and shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? They probably dealt with that shit on the daily. Oh Dude, can God. you imagine? Can Look you imagine this. a pirate fucking ends up on, on the coast of South Africa? Oh my God. Dude, the story's there. Yeah, that's the great whites just spot, hang right? out there. They're just, they're just a shitload of them there. Look how insane this is. This is so insane. It just keeps opening its mouth and those gums. Look at the gums and then these fucking destructor teeth. <gasps> They're scarier than any monster in any movie ever. And they're 100% real. Look at the fucking teeth on that thing, man. I mean, what the hell? And they fly out of the water. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Those things are so insane. Just imagine that clamping down on you. I mean, it's, it's cartoonish. A, a shark's teeth are cartoonish. They're giant swords, serrated edge swords, and there's rows of them in their mouth. So if one snaps off, another one moves forward. What a just spectacular animal. Just the, one of the craziest creations of nature. Or Thor. Did he make sharks? Was it Odin? Who makes the sharks? Who makes sharks? Yeah, if it was a god, which god would make the sharks? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. That fucking thing. I can't watch this, Jamie. I'm freaking out. If I had, <clears throat> if I had a hundred trillion dollars, I'd build this fucking. Instead of an octagon, it's just this giant fucking ocean, and put great white and killer whale in there to fight. Killer whales win every time. You think so? Every yeah, time? Every time. But great whites are not smart, and they're not nearly as mobile. They're not smart. They just swim around. How do you think you would? How do you, you dump Quick. them in the tank? How, how, what would happen? You never seen videos you, of killer you just dump whales. Them. How long would you think it would take before the killer whale attacked the great white? You just dump Quick. them in a big tank. Quick. Quick. Would you pay to watch that? Um, you could watch it on YouTube. I'm gonna make this. No, but you can. There's never any good video of it. I would never. Put, there's no good video of a, a, a killer whale jacking. It's like yeah. splash. I would and say shit. yes, but you can never put a killer whale in a tank. I think putting a killer whale in a tank is just beyond. For ten up. minutes. No, 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 no. You can't do that. 
You can't force it to fight. I think it's like forcing a person to fight. It's like picking With up a money, slave. With money, you could do anything. Okay. Well, you're going to go in a helicopter mm-hmm. and pick up some guy from mm-hmm. the middle of the fucking Bornean jungle and make him fight in a cage fight. Would you do that? Would you drop him in there with a guy who's trying to kick his ass? That, <clears throat> or drop him that, in there with a that wild, wouldn't be that, uh, exciting. A wild dog or something that wouldn't crazy? Be that, that wouldn't be that exciting. I'm talking about the most exciting possible matchup I know, ever. but what I'm saying is dolphins and whales and killer whales are too smart. It's fucked up to do that to them. Mm. Oh, I They're see what you're too smart. Saying. I see what you're saying. That's why I would never do it. A that. great way would never have a shot. Never shot. Maybe they get a fucking a, a rabid so. one from South Africa. They got to find a, a good one. We found a good, we found a gamer. Killer whales, I think... I think they could definitely get the babies. Maybe, Maybe you get a dumb killer whale, or a yeah, baby killer whale, and a fucking full-grown ferocious great white. <laughs> the most ridiculous <laughs> fucking conversation. Probably the great white would bite right through it, right? If it was a baby. The, but when they're grown, fully uh, grown adults, I think killer whales are bigger, and they're way smarter. They're just way smarter, and they just go right after the sharks. They go after them and decide to fuck them up. <laughs> There's a, uh, the video is this... Apparently, they were watching a mother and her daughter, or her son, you know, the mother and her baby. <clears throat> and a killer whale, uh, the killer whale was uh, swimming around with its baby, and the shark showed up. And the, the killer whale was like, hold on, I'll be right back. Just went and fucked that thing up. They got that on it. video? Yeah, they got it on video. And then the, I think the killer whale but you can't the see shark shit, up. <clears throat> Didn't it bring the shark Can you back see anything? to display it? I'm, sh- I'm trying to look it up now. They, like, got a recreated thing of it. Oh, really? It like, because it wasn't that... They couldn't There's get no way the they could have got a fucking oh, video camera awful. down there. Yeah, look it, how but... much bigger it is. See, That's what it shows at the end, yeah. This is the dead shark at the end. So this is the killer whale biting the fucking shit out of that shark. They just don't have real good footage of how that's, it went down. That's footage from some Discovery Channel show they I just know, pieced fake. in. It's probably, right? They spliced. They oh, do that man. shit all the now, time. Dude, now, now when I'm watching them fucking Discovery Channel, it's like, you, like, dude, there's no way you got that shot. Right. You got that whole thing happening. You see it now. It seems, it seems <clears throat> fake now. It seems yeah. like... You see it now. Yeah. But killer whales versus sharks, I think, unless the shark is really big and the killer whale is really young. <clears throat> and the killer whales are just way too smart. They're like like a person almost. Just they don't move like us, so we don't consider them like us. But they have crazy languages. Great white versus dolphin. They kill dolphins. They eat them. Great whites kill dolphins. They eat them. Fuck! I didn't know that. It's yeah. bullshit. They kill them. I thought I thought they fucked sharks up. They do. <clears throat> they fuck dolphins. What was up that? Too. A chips? Remember what what show was make, it? Let me, let me make sure I'm correct about them eating them. I know they kill them. You would, how could they catch them. a dolphin? Maybe they don't eat them. Mm. They kill them. Dude, I'm telling you. Great they whites kill, kill dolphins. They kill whales, too. No, not great whites. No, orcas. Did we say great whites? Yes. You're saying, oh, oh, okay. Well, they I knew the killer whales. Yeah, killer whales. kill dolphins, too. Yes, for sure. Great whites that. do, too, if they can. If they can get them. <coughs> I, I was thought, talking about great whites. Oh, my God. I'm tired. <coughs> I thought you said, that's so stupid. I thought you said killer whales. But for sure, a great white ain't going to kill no dolphin, right? A great white? They can. Yeah. If they bite them, yeah, they can get them. Hmm. If they fuck up, if somebody fucks up. But I think that the size difference between killer whales and great whites is just too big. But it's just very disappointing when you find out that great whites are, or that killer whales, rather, not great whites. I keep, I keep saying great whites. The killer whales are killing dolphins. And they kill other whales, too. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, the Arctic. The, the, the North Pole's melting. Mm-hmm. Well, they used, there's like uh, these whales that live out there that killer whales can't get to because of the ice. They can hang in the ice because they're on a dorsal fin or something and they can swim through the ice. But now that all the ice is gone, killer whales are coming up to eat them. 
Yeah, isn't that crazy? So they're they're eating other whales so much that it's fucking up the Eskimo economy because they rely on those because uh, they kill those whales. But now the killer whales are killing the whales they kill. Isn't that nuts? They rely on whales that they kill. Yeah. God. So they need so help. Bizarre. They need to do something about the killer whale problem. How many people are up there? <laughs> do they like it up there? There's people that are living off whales. Are they enjoying themselves? What is it? What keeps them out there? How, There's no never fence. Been to There's Arizona. not a fence, right? I mean, they, they stay. <laughs> it's fucking they should come to Phoenix. 100 below zero. Yeah. They're like, we're just going to tough it out. It's not good, too. It's not good, like as far as like the way their 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 health is. Uh, well, it doesn't. The population doesn't grow out there. It's always the same. Yeah. I think kids end up graduating There's and saying, of, "Fuck that!" Like Curtis Hembroff, yeah, Ted Planet, Austin head instructor from Alaska. They all get the fuck out. They don't stay. Like, well, Alaska is one thing. Like Anchorage is badass, but this is like the where the people are eating whales and shit. They're like north of that. Okay. You know, they're like way up there. They're like in the frozen parts. There's the uh, Anchorage is actually close to the coast, so it's not a bad place to there? live. Yeah, I've never been to Anchorage. It's fucking great, man. Is it's it like uh, Vancouver? Like a colder Vancouver, where it, it's only dark out for like an hour in the summer. It's weird. You go outside at like four o'clock in the morning; it's bright out. Bright out like five o'clock at night. Bright mm -hmm. out. And it's like four in the morning. You're like, what the fuck is going on I here? got a little of that in Sweden because when you go to Sweden, it's kind of north. So it's like uh, the sun's still out and it's 11 o'clock at night. Right. You know, and the sun's still, <clears throat> you know, in your face. Yeah, it's But weird, uh, I didn't, uh, I've never been that north. Never been to Alaska. It's crazy up there. You did comedy up there? Or what? Yeah. Did comedy in Anchorage with Ari. It's beautiful. Did you get the in? People are badass, too. You get in some uh, bow and arrowing? No, we were there? fishing. We went salmon fishing while we were up there. It's beautiful, man. Just beautiful. That was the first time I saw an actual live in the flesh eagle, like outside of the zoo. Like watching a big ass eagle fly right over your head is a trip. We had an eagle fly, you know, shit, hundred yards over our head. They'll take a baby, won't they? Uh, they probably avoid people. But if you leave your kid out in the lawn, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you just stand back <coughs> and let, if they're hungry, oh. especially if there's something wrong with them. Like, they're too tired to go get a salmon. They're getting old. I mean, eagles get old, too. That's when, like, a lot of animals get dangerous. When they get older, like cats, big cats, they get dangerous. And they, they get older, they can't catch dogs anymore. You know, and they're fucking hungry, man. They got to they gotta figure something out. A fucking eagle taking your baby. Can you imagine how you'd feel if you're, you're looking up oh. and you're seeing an eagle fly off with your kid? There's that video, right? Oh. It's fake. It's it fake, ended up being fake. Yeah. <laughs> I think so I believed scary. it for two I minutes. I believed it. <laughs> I believed it. I believed that just like I believed the orangutan fishing video. Oh, right? man. Oh, wait a minute. So it's not real. <clears throat> no, it is. It is real. He just didn't okay. didn't pull it off, but it really was trying to do it. The yeah. orangutan was. Yeah, man. There's just so many videos like that and so many it's hard to know what is right and what's not you know <laughs> with the photoshopping <clears throat> skills like photoshop steve oh my god oh man that guy's obsessed he's so good <laughs> <laughs> like things like that right like you look at those pictures like okay that could be that could be real or not real yeah. you know it's so good some photos of them don't mean shit you have photo evidence yeah. really you really do <laughs> well i when is it going to be how long is it going to be before we I guess it's probably already happened, right? Where they've proven that photographs that are used in propaganda are, are faked. It must have happened. Didn't it happen like during the Iraq War? Wasn't there like some faked, faked photos of missiles or something like that? 
God damn it. Why I bet I... they do this shit all the time. They, they green screen and they pretend they're in, in uh, Lebanon and shit when they're really in Virginia. <laughs> they, they've been busted. Pretending they're in the Iraq war and bombs are going off yeah. and they got helmets on and shit. <laughs> they have been busted doing that. Yeah, they have. Yeah, it's yeah. like on YouTube. It's, I know. They, they, they left the, the cameras rolling for... The, the tape is like an hour. You can go on YouTube. Oh CNN, th- during the 91 Operation Freedom War... Uh, they so were fake funny. in the news. That's so funny. <laughs> so ridiculous. It, you know what? And good for them. They're supposed to be doing that shit. <laughs> they're supposed to be doing that shit. They're you weird. run that empire. You they're, know what I mean? I don't think that's what they're doing, man. Yeah. They're, they're trying to put together... You think they're saving inter- money? They're, they're trying to put they're together costs. entertainment, man. They're trying to put together entertainment. <laughs> hey, what about, Operation, you know? what about Operation Mockingbird? You take that. That was real. And uh, that was a real... Which one was that? Uh, the CIA uh, infiltrating uh, broadcasting and journalism and they, they take t- for propaganda purposes. This well, is a real operation. Well, there's been some real operations that are undeniable that are pretty fucking crazy. Yeah. And then how crazy is it that uh, who at CNN, you know, that's that's. It's rumored that based on how they present stuff, like that's pro- based on how it's going down, the, what they show and what they're pushing, and based on the agenda, you know, any, you know, any retard will say now you can't believe Fox News. Even retards say that. Even retards say you can't believe Fox News. Everybody knows that. Well, CNN's just like that. It's just the other side. So that's easy to believe. And then Anderson Cooper was in the CIA. He denied it for a long time. Then he came out and said, "I was just there for a summer." Well, he yeah, was like yeah. an intern, right? Is that what he said? Once you're in, once you're in, you're in. You know, he's in. You're in. He was in. How come you denied it at first? And then his family comes from super wealthy background, the Vanderbilts and all that shit. It's all connected. It's like I don't know, man. I was gonna say the other one that's really crazy is Operation Midnight Climax. You ever hear about that one? Nope. The government ran brothels in San Francisco and New York. And they uh, got guys who came in to get laid, and they dosed them with LSD so they could study them. Cause, uh, that's not a conspiracy theory? No, no, that's real. That's 100% real. Freedom of Information Act. Operation Midnight Climax, how the CIA dosed San Francisco citizens with LSD. Now, how crazy does that sound? <clears throat> how crazy? If we said that happened today, like it would, it's going on today, it would be you would be thought as a crazy man. Mm. But it's happened before, unless that's not true. No, no, this is true. Well, then it happened before. Yeah. It's, how come it blow can this up again? a little bigger so I can read it. Here it goes. You're crazy it's if you think it's 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 they'll do it again. Lift it, lift it up. So you're considered nuts. That's crazier than any conspiracy theory I believe in. <laughs> That's the craziest one. Listen to what it says. It's been over 50 years, but Wayne Ritchie says he can still remember how it felt to be dosed with acid. He was drinking bourbon and soda with other federal officers on a holiday party in 1957 at the U.S. Post Office building on 7th and Mission Streets. They were cracking jokes and swapping stories. Suddenly, the room began to spin. The red and green lights on the Christmas tree in the corner spiraled wildly. Ritchie's body temperature rose. His gaze fixed on the dizzying colors around him. <laughs> he got jacked. Somebody dosed him. But that's not, this isn't, uh, this, this guy is not the guy. I think this is, he's talking about being dosed at a party. He's not talking about Operation Midnight Climax, is he? Because Midnight Climax was about brothels. That's why they were calling it Operation Midnight Climax, and they figured but this guy's, they, this guy's talking shot. about getting he, feeling the yeah. He definitely well, he's a 
Let's see here. Sounds anyway, like he was high. They were participating against their will in these studies is what it was, essentially. Whatever. Just go, go Google into it. Look into it, folks. Google into it. I don't think that's a real term. But it's really interesting because what had happened was they were doing these studies on soldiers and they just couldn't get people to do it anymore. People were like, get the fuck out of here. Like, they didn't want to do it anymore. So then they started to figure, well, let's just try it on some other people. They figured if they did it in a whorehouse, nobody would say anything. You know, guys don't want to admit they were there in the first place. Just dose them up with acid. They walk out of there all crazy. Yeah. Isn't that nuts? They were smart. God damn it. They do a lot of smart fucking shit. God damn it. It's yeah. it's all set up so brilliant, brilliantly. I mean, just the fact everybody knows that the, there's uh, corruption at the, at, the, at the top levels in the CIA. Not everybody, but at, there's a lot of corruption. Everybody knows that, and it's okay. It's like the... The, the people that are really running shit, like the corporations and the international bankers, like they, the CIA is right there with nobody to uh, sue, no one to throw in jail, no one's accountable. It's just right there. It's just they're involved in all this shit, just like what you just posted. They're involved in that shit. No one's accountable. Well, you know what I think is going to happen? <clears throat> what I think, what I see as possible to happen, the same thing that's happening with uh, performance enhancing drugs in the UFC. That was someone like Jeff Nowitzki, when they have these USADA guys that are just showing up at your house 4 o'clock in the morning, taking random tests. They have all these crazy things they could test for that no one even knew about, you know? So slowly but surely, <clears throat> everybody's forced to be natural and compete naturally. And that's what we're seeing right now in the UFC. It's just, it's just too, it's too risky. They're too good. They're too sophisticated, right? So as far as we know, everybody's fighting natural. But we also know that they definitely didn't. They cheated like a motherfucker. Everybody did. And other organizations, we know it. We know guys who did it. We know guys that would just be juiced out of their fucking mind, and everybody else was juiced out of their mind, too. And that's how the game was being done. Everybody was competing on that level. So we know that. So in a lot of ways, I think that's because of something like, you know, the, the new understanding of how to test people and something like the UFC hiring Novitsky to go after this, right? But that's data, right? It's information. All that information, as it does come out, they're forced to do it straight and narrow. I think that's going to be the case with government at a certain point in time. I think the people that are making a fuckload of money in corporations are going to make a fuckload of money anyway. But they're not going to be able to manipulate environmental laws the way they're doing now and get away with it. It'll be more transparent. They'll not be able to influence politicians, to influence laws, to, to, to make it favor their business. They just won't be able to do it so easily. I think there's always going to be money to be made. There's always going to be people buying cars and buildings, and it's always, there's always, always going to be commerce. But I think there'll be less fuckery in the future. That's mm. what I think. Mm. Corporate fuckery. Mm. They're still going to make so. a ton. I don't think I don't think you can hide things forever when it comes to like some of the practices that some corporations that are unscrupulous will engage in that aren't necessarily ethical. Like how about the BP oil spill, right? Like how about how the other you know the way they cleaned it up and. The um, they made people. There was people in that town that, I mean, what are the, what, how much of a loss was that to them? How could you possibly compensate them for? I that? don't know too much about the BP oil spill. BP um, oil spill is pretty fucking crazy. I know it killed the Gulf and all that, but I don't know the details. I don't know there was some kind of you know of the report. I don't know anything about. It. I haven't looked into it. It was one of those. Um, things that they pulled the oil out of the ground those yeah those and there was an explosion that was exploded killed yeah. a lot of animals and, and ruined a lot of industry shooting yeah. fucking yeah. oil into the ocean yeah it's crazy it's it, 
it's amazing how many gallons were being pumped into the ocean, and even more amazing how the ocean just sort of absorbs it. What do you think of Trump? That's a long question. I think it's uh, it's this is a strange time. It's a strange to see a president that is okay. Whatever you, whether you like him or don't like him, whether you support his beliefs or you think he's uh, the worst thing ever, I'm just looking at it as objectively, like as a performance piece. There's never been a guy that understands how to manipulate the media the way he does. Never. No one even close. He may, everything he does is a big story. He says outrageous things, and because he says outrageous things, they tune in to make sure he says more outrageous things. The more outrageous things he, he says, the more people go, he's saying outrageous things, let's tune in. He's the biggest show in town. Like, it's not even close. It's not even close who generates more attention, who's got people more riled up about him. People are bored as fuck. They're bored. They're bored. They hired Obama. They thought everything was going to change, and it, I guess, did a little in some fronts, and it was good socially, and the world's evolving in that way, in that direction anyway, so that's all good. But Guantanamo Bay's still open. People are still in Afghanistan. It seems like the, you know, it's still, it's still chaos everywhere. I don't know if anybody could have ever fixed it, right? We're, we're just bored. We're bored. Like, what is this? What are we doing? What is this world? Why are we in the Middle East? What is going on? Why do I have to worry about war? Why do I have to worry about gas? Why do I have to worry about global warming? What's going to happen with the polar bears? God damn it. And then all of a sudden this guy comes along telling you how big his dick is. He says, I'm going to build up a fucking wall a million miles high, keep the Mexicans out. It's, it sounds like Joey Diaz. Built they, the first wall they built, they didn't finish. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, they already put up a wall. It's crazy. And everybody cheers. You know, and the, the Mexican president calls me up and says, who's going to pay for that wall? You're going to pay for that wall. And the wall just got 10 feet higher. And he hangs up the phone and everybody's cheering. <laughs> he pulls his dick off, just jerks off. He really said row. that? Yes. Oh, he, yeah, shit. he told the guy the wall just got 10 feet higher. You know what I told him? The wall just got 10 feet higher. And everybody goes, yeah. Oh, I would love to see that clip. Dude, he, uh, can you find that clip? He's like, he's like a, a movie from the 80s. And yesterday, <laughs> the top person president of mexico said we will never ever pay for that wall and the press called me up and they said calderon the head man top person he said he won't pay he won't pay for it and you know what i said i said the wall just got 10 feet higher that's right he fucked it up by keep saying it's true it's true it's true he's so strange it's it's just so bizarre. I feel like, I feel like almost like I'm watching like one of them late night televangelist shows <laughs> when somebody wants wants your money. Like you can't have my money. Look at you. You already have money. You can't get my money. <laughs> <laughs> I it feels like it's fake. It feels like this is the final piece of the simulation theory. Yeah. The final piece of the the, the show where it's going to reveal that this has all been a comedy. All along, all been a strange comedy. I mean, what do, you, do you think uh, he's really? Uh... <laughs> he's better than the other ones, except for Bernie. He's better than all the other people on the Republican side. I mean, Marco Rubio seems like a uh, a reasonable guy in a lot of ways. The way he talks, I don't know exactly what his uh, his beliefs are, but him it... and Trump they get into these insult competitions, and it looks so foolish. It's like just because Trump does it. Don't, just don't do it better than him. Don't do it better than him. Talk about how ridiculous it is. 
And don't, don't allow that guy to like, either he's talking about how big his hands are and they're going back and forth with each other and insulting his hair and insulting his spray tan. Like they're like, it's like, they're roasting against each other. Like this is not presidential. <laughs> like, do you understand? You guys have a limited amount of time, and this way they bagged on his tan, the oh, fake man. tan. Yeah, and then, and Trump was bagging on Rubio wearing makeup. The whole thing is ridiculous. Like this is a terrible way to have these people together. Like to have these people all competing. Then what you're going to get is who's the best at like giving you a sound bite under pressure. You're not going to get who's the best leader. You're yeah. going to get to who's the best at doing that debate thing. That's what you're going to get because it's a weird thing. You're standing up there on a podium. You're right next to a guy who's talking shit about you. What he's saying is not even true. And you're like, you can't even respond. you got to wait. Like, fuck you, man. It's a stupid way to talk. Yeah. And the fact that they time them, they give them like, ready, go. No, this is what you do. You let them talk for a long period of time. If they're long-winded and boring, people don't like them anymore. That's what happens. You put them in a long form. Have them talk for hours and hours. Let them talk on a podcast. Every fucking presidential candidate should have a long-form podcast that they have to do every day. And we see whether or not people want to listen to you. Not like have someone barking at you on the left and bark. Tell me what the fuck you can do. And then have someone talk to them that understands what can and can't be done. Have someone who's a real political expert sitting down and asking them some hard questions. And do it all the time. And that, and based on that and their qualifications, but based on like back and forth bullshit bickering with each other and insulting each other on our spray tans and you're that's so crazy this is the you guys are going to run the greatest army the world has ever known and you're acting like assholes this yeah. is so stupid like this isn't just like a bunch of guys uh you know trying to win a game show this is if you win you run the world like and you you're insulting each other on makeup and tan you should be saying do you know how fucking stupid it is that we're talking about, we have a, f a five minute time period that you get to talk in or whatever the fuck it is. And you're going to spend your time insulting each other on hand size. And you guys are babies. You know you can't be the king. No, you guys are not the best. There's no way you could be the best. So, like, he is involved in that. And Ted Cruz is, like, super religious, which always makes me go, man, I don't know about that. Ben Carson is super reasonable, but super religious. This, he's the, Trump is the guy that stands out as at least... He's a rich guy that doesn't give a fuck. Are there anything, uh, any good things that Trump says that you agree with? Um, you know what, man? I honestly have been so blown away by the bad things that he said that I've barely paid attention to the good things. Like, but the shit that he said about Mexico, like, you know, well, someone's doing all the raping. Like, you know, they're bringing over murderers and rapists. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, you just... That's a whole country. You're talking about millions of people. You're talking about, you know, like, well, someone's doing the raping. He says some crazy shit. And it works, man. It works as far as, like, if it's all a PR campaign and he just gets in there and he says, ladies and gentlemen, look, I said what I said and I did what I did to prove a point that our media system is corrupt. This whole system is broken. It needs to be fixed. It's like a, it's like a bad computer. It needs to be rebuilt. This is not good. Like, you can't have a guy just juke the system like I just did. That's would be the most amazing thing. If he gets into office and says, this is a very important position. So no more insults, no more bullshit. And now that I'm here, I'm going to just hire the best people and we'll try to figure out what the fuck's wrong with this country. How amazing would that be? If he said, look, I had to insult these dummies in order to get in there. I couldn't let Hillary talk shit. I had to go in there, guns blazing. I had to take out Ben Sanders and fucking Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio. But now that all that's done, we can all work together. What do you think of Hillary? What is your opinion? <sighs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how you can be entrenched in the system for as long as she's been entrenched in the system. 
and not be not be the the past that's the system right the system is these special interest groups and lobbyists and you know m- making deals and having you know sitting down with all these people at these t- in, in one hand she knows more about government than any of them she knows more about government than for sure Trump, right? I mean, he knows about influence. He knows how to influence politicians. He donates money to politicians. He understands all that. But as far as like being in the boardrooms when the shit goes down, Hillary's like, ah, she's been like right in there. So as far as like qualifications, no one's got more qualifications for president than Hillary does. The problem is, do you, uh, here's, here, we all agree. I think we all agree. And this is not a knock against Hillary. This is, we all agree that this system is fucked. It's ridiculous. Representative government is kind of crazy. The idea that you can have a bunch of people, they vote, and they vote for one person. That person represents that state, and then the state, they, all, they all get together, and they try to pick the president. You have the electoral college and all this wackiness. We all agree that that's kind of crazy, right? We all agree that it doesn't make much sense. There's a lot of things we don't get to vote on. There's a lot of decisions the country goes one way or another way that we were really unhappy with, and it would be nice if we had, like, a giant public debate. So... The only person that's going to change that, the only person who's going to knock that off its ass is Trump because he's the only guy who's got his own money like that from the Republican side. He's the only guy. And the, the, in the Democrat side, Hillary's got a shitload of money, but she's kind of a part of the system. And Bernie Sanders, you know, he's got some good ideas socially, he wants to make marijuana legal. You know, he wants to, wants to help people, wants to, wants to, like, unite us, he wants to pay for student education, which I think is a great idea. Wants to raise up the minimum wage. I think that's a great idea, too, even though I don't know shit about economics. So it's like there's not a lot of great choices. I guess, like, Hillary would be the best choice on paper because she's been there. (laughs) Right, on paper. No, not even on paper. She's a crook. You think she's a crook? Ah. Do you know we're on the air? Like, uh, We're live. Oh, is that bad? This is live. Isn't this this debate talking, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. But you can't say she's a crook. She's got to say allegedly. Allegedly, allegedly. What what makes you say allegedly she's a crook? Oh, man. Watch that uh, documentary, The Clinton Chronicles, and all the stuff that, uh, you know, the Whitewater scandal and all that stuff. I mean, dude, she's she's in the Bilderberg group. Come on. Is she? She's deep. Her and Bill are deep, deep, deep. That's not a conspiracy theory. That's real. She's in the Bilderberg group. The Bilderberg group is not a conspiracy theory anymore. They, no. c- the the Rothschilds or the, the the Rockefellers refer to it as the Bilderberg group. They they started it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's they flaunt it now, and she's in it. Her and Bill, they're very powerful and they're deep, deep, deep in the top. They're way up there. They needed Bill to run everything through Arkansas. They had to bring him in. They ran everything through Arkansas. That's not a conspiracy theory. They ran all their stuff through Arkansas. They needed the governor uh, to cooperate, and that was Bill Clinton. And uh, to show their appreciation, he became the next president. He went from Arkansas obscure, then he went to now he's part of the Bilderberg Group, just like that. Some Arkansas governor, just like that. Boom, dude. That uh, Narcos on. uh Netflix. Yeah, I finally finished it, dude. Come oh on, my God, dude. I didn't. Dude. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have gone into it if it wasn't for you. I really wasn't interested in it. Oh, I just was like, oh yeah, more drug stuff. You gotta no trust deal. me more. Oh my God, you I did tr- trust you. you Not more. That's and then why I did Cartel it. Land is How next. Dare you? Cartel Land is next. I hear. 
Holy You're not the only one. Sounds sounds like a generic little dumb little uh, run of the mill documentary. It's not. It's special. God damn. It's a special documentary that's gonna blow your mind. And again, that uh, how big oil conquered the world, like the history of the Rockefellers. Fuck. Fuck. That's the craziest shit. Netflix has the That's where it all came from. Right now. That's where it all, it's like, you know, the conspiracy theorists, whatever you want to call them, they, all, they claim that it's all connected. 9-11, JFK, like it's the same people and they're all connected. It's the same families. It's the same secret society and it goes back. Well, it's most of it, most of it started with John D. Rockefeller and, and uh, Standard Oil. And when you learn that shit, holy fuck. The history. And you know the craziest thing about the whole thing is he was so into monopolizing oil and everything. Once it was it wasn't just oil, banking. He got into everything, big pharma. He had control of everything. He was so John Rockefeller was so dominant. He was playing he was the first billionaire. He was ruling the world, man. And uh the one thing is that all hemp or marijuana conspiracy theorists, they all are aware of the reefer menace propaganda. We all know that as as weed uh, enthusiasts. We know about the the propaganda that the government, you know, and then finally they it worked after 10 years of all this uh, propaganda that made weed look like it killed you and stuff and made you do crazy shit. They made it illegal. Uh, and we all know that that's from big industry like DuPont and the Rockefellers and all that. We all know that, that they were trying to shut down the industry. They were blaming it on this Mexican smoking weed. But we all know that as weed enthusiasts. But you know what you don't know is, you know, alcohol prohibition was also uh, because of John Rockefeller. He was he supported anti-alcohol groups and blew them up and donated millions to blow them up to get to outlaw alcohol because he thought saw it as a threat to gasoline. Whoa. Yes. And this is not a conspiracy theory. Alcohol prohibition was all backed by uh, John D. Rockefeller. Whoa, anything, whoa, whoa, anything... whoa, whoa. It was a threat to gasoline? Yes, alcohol. Because they he... thought people were going to make like ethanol? No, no, no. They, he just wanted to ban ethanol. He, he wanted to crush the ethanol business, right? Right. That's what so, I'm saying. So, but the way he did it is to create this hysteria with drink. We, everyone has a drinking problem. Everyone's no. killing each other. So he, he did the same thing. He did both of them. He did the same. You're going to find out about this. This is not a conspiracy theory. So he, so they made, uh, they were, there were some, yes, quickly, how big oil (laughs) conquered the world. But, but he, he funded, uh, the anti saloon league. It was run by one of his good friends, and that was took. And you know what ended up happening? They out, same thing. They outlawed uh, alcohol. You couldn't drink alcohol. But they said, "What about the alcohol for cars?" And and uh, they wrote in the law that you could still make alcohol for cars, but you got to put petroleum in it so that people don't drink it. So it oh made it. God. It killed the business. So now they got to put oil in it if you want to sell it. And oh then it killed. God. It killed all. He dude. He killed everything. Oh and he got busted God. for everything. John D. Rockefeller's dad was named, they called him Devil Bill. His dad, they know all about his dad. This is not a conspiracy theory. Their family, historians will tell you about his father. He created him. He was a rapist, snake oil salesman, running from the law, changed his name. Uh, Devil Bill? Devil Bill. That was his name. So he had a bunch of sons, and John D. Rockefeller was one. And he was known, he wanted to, he was quoted as saying, I cheat my sons every day. I want them sh- as sharp as can be. He just beat the living fucking trust out of them and just drowned all their trust. So he, John D. Rockefeller grew up Whoa. not trusting anybody. Look at this. Rockefeller Ford and the secret history of alcohol. Wow. There's yep. a secret history regarding alcohol that you won't hear in the 6 o'clock news. Cars and everything else running on internal combustion engines can run on alcohol at least as well. 
as they can run on gasoline. Indeed, engines were built back in 1870 that could run using alcohol or gasoline. A New York Times article from 1908 enthusiastically states, Autoists discuss alcohol as fuel. Great future ahead for use in commercial wagons, says Professor Locke. Lack? Locke? What is it? How do you say that? Locke. Look, look, look. Um, tests with motor truck E.R. Hewitt tells engineers of his results with gasoline and alcohol in the same engine. Henry Ford said that alcohol was a cleaner, nicer, better fuel for automobiles than gasoline. Wow. Holy shit. Wow. This is nuts, man. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's it's a uh, this um, is fucking bananas. Gas propaganda oh or, or alcohol propaganda. That is so crazy because you can make alcohol without fossil fuels. So if you made alcohol today, you could fuel... I mean, people can make alcohol, right? People make yeah, alcohol, they moonshine. Apparently, anything, any vegetable that ferments, you can use as fuel. It's Jesus really simple. Christ. Anything. Do you know Neil Young has that? Well, he has diesel, though. He doesn't make alcohol fuel, but he makes diesel. He makes biodiesel. He has a giant ranch. I think it's... Northern California. Isn't it the same thing? If it ferments, it's... Maybe you call it diesel, but it's fermented vegetable matter. I don't know. I'm just guessing. I don't know. Mm. But that's what Henry Ford said. Henry Ford said anything that you could ferment, apples, anything, you could turn into biofuel. That's crazy. And John D. Rockefeller, that's what he was all about. He's the richest man in the world, was raised by a psychopath. And he, dude, he got busted for monopolizing oil. They finally indicted him. He had to break out, break apart Standard Oil, and it made him a billionaire. That's what made him rich is when he got busted. When he had to sell everything off, he just he took over education, dude. When you learn is how this he took, in a documentary, yeah, what is it? How big oil conquered the world on YouTube. Oh my god, I'm scared. Yeah, I'm scared. You 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 is actually learn where it all comes from. Hundred percent. It's all hundred percent. Hundred percent. It's it's what a psycho. Yeah, yeah, one dude, what a one dude, and all his guy. sons. Now his but sons it, and his grandsons. It kind of makes sense, right? I mean, if you think about it, uh, I mean, the really super ambitious people in business are a lot of times the most cutthroat, the yeah. most, you mean, how competitive do you got to be to be like a William Randolph Hearst or one of these you motherfuckers? Know, you know how he took over uh, universities? Dude, he wanted to take over the world. He wasn't just trying to sell gas. He was trying to take over the world. Our education system is all based on Rockefeller Foundation shit. Like, what? He strategically wanted to make school so that we got people just smart enough. Just, this isn't conspiracy theory. Just smart enough to work. They didn't want anybody too smart. That's how the school systems he, were designed. Did he say this somewhere? It's all, dude, it's, it's, watch the documentary and then you come Have back. Have you and seen tell it, me. Jamie? Now you just opened up. He, a you know new this is how we did. This is how we did it. This is how we did it. He would just donate. He'd, he'd go to a university like the University of Chicago and just I'm going to give you millions of dollars. And they said, "Oh shit!" He goes, "But I got to have a couple of my people on your board to make sure it's spent right." And they're like, "Okay." So he gets his people in, and then they just take over. That and they so design. Crazy. They design history. John D. Rockefeller got 20, 20 historians and designed the history. They designed it. That's why when people, you know, you make fun of history and and. and ninth grade books you make fun of that history it's a joke right it's put, it was put together by the by uh um rockefeller dude look at that number his peak wealth was 318.3 billion dollars based on the 2007 u.s dollar oh my god he lived in 98 he was a motherfucker bro look at his dad he lived to be 98 years old oh my god his dad big bill rockefeller they called him a, devil bill 
Yeah. They called him a lot of things, but de- shiftless man who spent most of his time thinking up schemes to avoid actual work. Nevertheless, thanks to the guidelines of his mom, Eliza, a homemaker and devout Baptist, John D. grew up to be quite a hardworking man. Okay. Interesting. Man. Interesting shit. Yeah, dude. Check that out. Dude, and what's it called? Big Oil what? What is it? How Big Oil Conquered the World. That's If you're a conspiracy theorist, you know, most people don't go beyond uh, JFK. There's so much in just JFK and then all this, you know, if you want to get into Watergate and the Iran-Contra and all the uh, 9-11, there's so much information. That's It's so hard to get into mul- multiple things. So, But once you once you got that covered, go back and find out how it all started. And you'd learn when you go, when you find out that that uh, George Sr.'s dad, Prescott Bush, started the CIA. And then you go back and his dad, Samuel Bush, was was uh, uh, Frank Rockefeller's right-hand man. And how the Bushes and the Rockefellers have, have always ran shit. When you go back, Samuel Bush, uh, George Sr., think about how old he is. His grandfather Dude, ran you, with Rockefeller. You have to do a podcast, you and Michael Shermer. Who's that? The guy who just left. Oh man, the he skeptic. didn't want. He didn't want to talk. I, I the, just no. Eddie grabbed him talk. from the moment he walked in. You think Tower Seven went down on its own? The moment you walked Tower in the 7. door. Don't ignore Tower Seven. People say <laughs> I just, don't want to ignore say, Tower Seven, but the, I do got to wrap up this podcast. I do have to end. Okay. I got to get the fuck out of okay. here. I'm so right, sorry. Right, right. I would love to talk about Tower <laughs> Seven, but I, it's, it's way late. Okay, I got to get out of here. But we sort of broke down the UFC. We did for a while. Yeah, we totally did. Connor and Nate are both fucking legends right now. Both of them. Holly Holm, Misha Tate, both legends right now. We're going to look back at this 20 years from now and have an old man narrate the highlights, and it's going to be fucking insane sitting in your wheelchair thinking about this shit. Yeah, it was classic. Classic shit. I think it was the greatest two fights ever in UFC history. Yeah. I think that was the greatest the event, UFC ever. That was yeah. the greatest UFC ever, no doubt. And, the, you know, people keep saying, oh, I keep saying it's the greatest ever, because they keep getting better. This that yeah. was Those were the two highlights to me that yeah. made me... I mean, it was bananas. Even in, even in Connor's defeat, he looked like a fucking just like yeah, a global global barbarian. And he handled the loss like a champ. Right after the loss, yeah. Right after the loss, he handled it like a champ. All right, you fucks. We'll be back tomorrow. Um, uh, tomorrow's Chris Bell, right? From uh, Prescription Thugs. You ever seen I want to see that. Yeah. I heard about that. I yeah. want to see that. I'm, I'm watching it tonight. Yeah. All right. That's all Rockefeller too. That's all. Thank you. Bye bye. Big kiss. <laughs>